Holy shit. We are back for a third time. (laughs) (laughs) After uh, after a long, long break. We just want to make sure our fans missed us. Hey, I've gotten more notifications on Facebook that people are are viewing the site, so or the page. Have you really? Yeah. Must be doing something. It's only a couple a day, but it's <laughs> it's more views than we were getting in the past. No, uh we just had to let people kinda get into it and rewatch from the episode one back to where we are now. We just want to give people some time. We don't wanna overload yeah. people. Yeah. This is a weekly podcast that we may do twice a month. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh first and foremost I'm gonna apologize for the way that I sound and for any extra coughs and crackles and all that stuff. My allergies are killing me. Spring has fully begun here in North Carolina, and it is kicking my ass. Um, also, I'll apologize for the long layover. It uh, was all Gideon's fault, so I'll we'll blame him. Blame it on what me. was it? I was I was gone for vacation, and then I came back. We had one, and then... Uh, life happens. I don't know. I and don't then know why we kept postponing to the next You were week. stressed, and then you were sick, and then Easter yesterday... Some, I don't know. <laughs> Just a bunch of stuff. No, it's we uh, had, we had it's both of our faults. He had a lot going on, and I didn't put on a hell of a lot of effort, or put in <laughs> a hell of a lot of effort to get anybody else over to record. So here we are. I was actually I was curious too. Whenever I sent that text last week, and said, "Hey, you know, get get Renee or somebody." I was like, "You know, we haven't recorded. I wanna I wanna record, but I just I can't be there right now." And then I waited <laughs> for a couple of days. I said. That motherfucker did not record. <laughs> nah, no, <laughs> no. I uh, I enjoyed some family time and ate an early dinner for once on record day. That's all right. So. Look, I mean, even us, you know, we want to do this is for fun, but at the same time, life happens. We gotta deal with it. But there's spare time when we get some chances to sit around, shoot the breeze. Here we are, back again. That's gonna be the next episode from now on. Every every time we miss an episode, we come back. We're back, back again, part two. Oh man, no! I tell you what, when we get more fans and we start getting paid for this, we'll get on a damn like a strict schedule. Okay. But until then, we'll, we'll roll with the punches. We're we're gonna we're shooting for weekly. But if it doesn't happen, Turner, baby, big wheels keep on turning. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. But uh. What all have you been getting into in this uh, this time away? Well, the whole stressful thing is like, so Rachel, so we just booked our wedding venue. <coughs> I don't know if we talked about that last episode or not, but booked the wedding venue and just coming down to like the nitty gritty stuff of, hey, do you want this? You want this? You want this? What do you don't want? Her and her mom are just back and forth into it. And I'm like, what is not till another 400 some days away? Like. There's no reason why there should be any issues going on right now. But I get it. Rachel's the only child in the household, only daughter. So her mom didn't get to plan anything during prom time, and she missed out on that opportunity. And she wants just to have a say-so in the wedding. I told her straight up. I said, I'm sick of them because they have been throwing it in my face, too, whenever I make ideas. And they're like, you're not paying for it. And I'm like, I will fucking pay for it if I, if that's the case. Like, I don't want to cause an issue, but I'll flat out just, I'll pay for it all if need be. I was like, I'm happy you guys are, because as you say, I'm cheap. But um, 
There's no as I say. You're you're <laughs> fucking cheap, and you know it. I I'm cheap for a reason. I'm cheap to live and survive. And no, you're just fucking cheap. <laughs> but anyway, so I told her straight up. I was like, look, if they keep pushing this thing and trying to cause issues and. And it's just her mom and her just not seeing eye to eye on certain things. And it is what it is. I don't care. But when they're calling me and both of them are bitching at the same time, and I'm like, y'all fucking work it out. Y'all are in the same house. Y'all talk about this. Don't call me to talk about this. I don't need to know. But all I said was, I get to choose what I wear. And, like, Sunday I got pissed off because, or not Sunday, Saturday, we went to Target She's like, and I told her, I was like, what color pants do you want us to wear? And she goes, you're not wearing these. Like, I was trying to get, like, Levi khakis. She goes, no, you're wearing, like, dress pants. I said, I'm not wearing dress pants and boots. I'm not looking like those old geezers in church (laughs) coming in with, you know, (laughs) long pants down, and you can, like, just see the tips of their boots. And I was like, no, I'm not looking like, I'm not looking like that. I was like, again, I'm I'm paying for what I'm going to pay for. And it's just, again, it's just, weddings are stressful. They're supposed to be meant for joyous occasions, but they're all bullshit. I'm about to just say screw it all and just go to the courthouse and call it even. We're not going y- to. You know, I, the thing that amazes me is, like, I, 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 I understand, you know, the bride – the bride's family paying for it and all that stuff. But at what point do you take a step back and say, well, this is your wedding, not mine. Like I'll throw in some input, but I'm not going to be like overbearing parents have always thrown me off. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, I understand you want to help and all that stuff. And I'm your only child and all that stuff. But like, it's my fucking wedding, not yours. Well, so let me, let me kind of explain how Jamie is. And I love her to death. I mean, she's great. Love her family. But Jamie is one of those where she wants to be the planner for everything. She she wants to be in control. And she's also one of those people that for like two years now I've <coughs> been talking about deleting Facebook. Doesn't because she wants to stay in contact with people because she wants to gossip. She just, she's one of those people. She wants the – she seeks out drama. She seeks out gossiping. And that's one of the things I hate. And, you know, she was talking about, well, this is where my family's going to sit. And, you know, as far as, so she doesn't have a good relationship with her mother-in-law. And she always tries to start issues with it. And I'm trying to tell her, I'm like, look, this is our wedding. This is our day. If you're going to do that, just nobody fucking show up. I mean, I'm to the point where it's like nobody show up. Like, I, if there's going to be drama, if there's going to be people there that we have to worry about where they sit and then making sure they're not, you know, sitting around someone where there's going to be issues, I don't want that. Like, this is supposed to be me and Rachel's day. This isn't supposed to be bickering in-laws, you know, day. And then she was trying to tell me that my dad has to sit by himself on the front row. And I was like, no. Dad's going to sit with family. You know, I don't have my mom. He's not going to sit there by himself, isolated. Like, we're not doing that. She goes, oh, I was trying to say he's, I was like, it's not one I hurt. I was like, again, you can keep telling me you're paying for the wedding, but if you keep saying that, I'll just say, get here's $1,000. 
and I'll pay for the rest. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know, man. I, I just I, I I can't stand drama. That's why I quit softball. I cannot stand it. And I don't want to sit there and get married into a family and have to listen to the bullshit drama. Like, I can leave. That's one thing I like about being single. Not really single, but not being married is I can leave from it. Whenever she starts to bitch and complain, I can walk away. You can do the same thing when you're married. Uh, if she does it, if she comes over to my house to try to bitch and complain, I'm going to tell her and say, look, you can go away. Mm-hmm. Bye. There's the door. You ain't got, you ain't, you ain't got a, uh, what's the saying? You ain't got to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, you just need to make sure that you and Rachel are, Rachel are on the same page as far as all that goes. Cause Rachel is, and she's trying to explain to her mom, like, Hey, I get the final say. So. No, no. I mean, I'm I'm saying like as far as all the drama and all that stuff goes. I mean, because no matter what, with in laws or 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 you know just other people invested in your life anyway, you're gonna run into drama no matter what. It just, it comes with the territory. But well, like if you and Rachel are in agreement that you know if shit starts going south and you're at their house that y'all just pack up and leave, or if they're at your house then you just you know. Well, they don't do it. It's only, like, the wedding stuff is the worst. Like, it it got bad to where even her dad was talking to me about it. Like, yeah, it got ugly between y'all. But I'll give you you the best excuse ever. Hey, I got to go take a shit. (laughs) Yeah. You just go sit on the toilet, take your phone, take your iPad, whatever you want to take. Just sit. You ain't even got to take a shit for real. Well. Just sit in there and be gone from it. There's a lot of things that kind of go with territory. Like her mom's got this job that, well, had this job she didn't like, and it was very stressful, and that kind of added on to the issues. And now in the last two weeks, she's working at a new company that, you know, she's worked for before, and she's back to being happy and whatnot. But again, she just, she wants to be too much in control of this and not letting us plan it as well. Like she wants to pick out the flowers and pick out the, items the decorations and this and then it's like that's fine that's what she wants to do that's fine but when it comes to how the how where people are sitting all that stuff i was like honestly my family already know them they don't care if they have to sit in the back row they would sit in the back row they don't care as long as they're invited that's all they care about if they weren't invited they probably wouldn't care but She's trying to, like, place it to where it's, like, assigned seating. And I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. And she's trying to keep things very traditional, like, old-school traditional-wise. <laughs> so do, do I have permission to hurt her feelings at the rehearsal? I don't give a shit, to be honest. Word. I mean, what are you going to say? <laughs> Who fucking knows? <laughs> but, but I, listen, you know, as well as anybody else, I can get along with anybody, but I don't do well with commands. Or demands. Yeah. And that's the thing. Especially and when rude. If you this, ask me to do something, gladly. Well, this was another thing. So, have you seen those, like, I don't know if they're TikTok videos or just the the guys dressed up as, like, flower girls and walking around and doing that stupid shit? Yeah. Okay. It was funny, like, the first time I saw it, like, years ago. But now when I see it, it irritates me. And she's like, oh, and one of her nephews, Adam, which... We've talked, you and I have talked about. He's the one who blew up the toilet bathroom and got away scot free. His dad's law enforcement. Oh, I never told you that. Mm-mm. Oh, 
So him and friends decided to blow up a subway toilet. Well, we can talk about that later. Let's finish the wedding stuff. Well, anyways, I just, I can't, I cannot stand him. He doesn't have a single respect for But you're talking about like the little boys doing the flower girl stuff? No, he's not little. He's a grown man. I I think it's fucking hilarious to have a grown man with a fanny pack throwing flowers out of people. I cannot, (laughs) I can't stand him. I mean, they, Rachel had to tell her mom, like, Gideon doesn't like Adam. Because, and I, I keep my mouth shut. I'm one of those where if I don't like you, I just won't talk to you. And I don't talk to him. Yeah. Because he has, like, he will sit there and if you were to go up to your like, your uncle mm-hmm. and call him a fat piece of shit and just insult him, think it's funny, but it's not, what, what would your uncle do? He'd probably smack the shit out of you. Oh. Uh. My one uncle's dead, and the other one's in prison, so. Okay, well. <laughs> he'll go up to. No, uh, I mean, I, mean just, I, I get what you're saying. But, but I mean, he, but that's a family dynamic that they've created. They don't, they let their kids, because they, exactly. they coddle them. That's a family dynamic that they've created. I know. So and it uh, irritates the you, shit out yeah, of me. Yeah, but if, but if they put up with it, you got to take a step back and be like, I mean, that's, all, that's I, your no, shit, not I, mine. I told Rachel, I said, I don't care if it's your family. <laughs> I said, if he says the same thing to me as he does your dad, I'm not going to be as nice as your dad. I'm going to deck him. Well, I mean, if he brings it on you, then yeah, I understand that, but I mean... I'm gonna I'm give him a warning. Judging from judging from fifty feet away when he's talking to his family that have allowed that to happen for years. I mean, yeah. I mean, is it, that's the thing. Like money buys everything. They're very wealthy. She works for AAA. She makes well over six figures, and so pretty much, you know, the the guy that I got my, the guns from, you know, the lieutenant for the, you know, wherever he's from. Yeah, we'll edit that out. What? It's. Kind of not I legal. haven't meant. I mean, I haven't mentioned their names. So. No, I know, but it's kind of not legal. <laughs> you, I mean, whatever. <laughs> We've talked about it before. We have, yes, not yeah. on the not oh, on the podcast. It is what it is. I've got a permit for it, so it's legal. You don't have to have a permit to own it. You have to have a permit to buy it. Well, I've got a permit now, so it's now. I mean, I don't have the document. Well, you have your concealed carry permit. No, I just went. To I went into the uh, Davis County, got a right. That's for purchase, it. not owning. Right, but if I give them my permit and we sign, because you can print off a, a document and have them sign it, because that's technically what you're supposed to do. But we didn't do it that way. Exactly. But I got a permit for it. I mean, I mean, it's all good. <laughs> anyway, I mean, we're ver- borderline on the on the legal side, but whatever. <laughs> Tiptoeing. People, people do it all um, the time. No, but. Uh, but anyway, she she wants she wants Adam to go. But that's and that's another thing. That's y'all's call. You, right. No matter what, y'all get the and y'all said, y'all have the the complete control of the wedding party. And we got two groomsmen, two bridesmaids. She goes, well, what's Kate, which is the younger daughter of the family, her uh, cousin? She's like, well, what's Kate going to? I don't give a fuck what she does. Sit well, she got to be lunch. a part of the wedding. Why? She's got to have a role. Okay, then she can be an usher. She can walk the grandparents down the aisle. She can walk the family members down the aisle. Her and Adam, if you, if you want them to have roles, that's what their roles can be. If they want to be, if they want to be a part of the wedding, they can be ushers. They can move people down the aisle. They're part of it. That's it. They're not. We're not going to have three bridesmaids <coughs> and two grooms, and we're not going to have a 
flamboyant boy going down the aisle over here throwing flowers, trying to be funny and so pissing me off. That's why you don't like it. And I'm going to sit there and I'm going to have a knife under my boot, which, by the way, damn it. Never mind. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> we will have pocket knives. That's one of my gifts to y'all. That's your, that's your groomsman gift. One of it, yeah. That's pretty cool. It's I was going to get it. go ahead and engrave it, and I was just going to have your name on it. So, listen, I, I told I told my wife about our conversation that day. About the gifts? The groomsman gifts and all that stuff. You said she goes, uh, ammo. She goes, uh, or I was telling her the story. I was like, listen, Gideon, so Gideon reached out, and, he, you know, we were just talking or whatever. He, he sent me what we had to wear and all that stuff, and he was telling me, you know, that he had to get us gifts or whatever, and I said, you know, I didn't. I didn't want anything. And then you said, well, I got to be traditional and all that stuff. And I said, well, I'm not traditional, so let's just say that you got me a gift and, and you don't have to. You'll save some money that way, whatever. And you were like, ah, I got to get a gift. And Renee kind of chuckled, and she goes, well, what, do you know what he's getting? And I said, well, no. I said, but. I said, he said when we go up there, we need to bring all of our guns because we're going to shoot before the wedding and all that stuff. And I got to thinking – and I told him, I said, well, instead of just buying us gifts, why don't you just supply the ammo, right? And she <laughs> she started laughing <clears throat> because she knew immediately what you were going to say. Well, to be fair, you know how much ammunition costs, though? I, well, I mean, I do, but also, it's not like we're going through a, a zombie apocalypse amount of fucking ammo. But anyway, but. so... <laughs> so for the for whatever listeners we have Gideon said uh hell no that's I way more than that's way more than I plan to no, spend I was trying to keep this kind of like the DJ, kind of like the DJ thing no I won't spend 300 cuz $100 is my max no but, no, I, but uh, I told her too even with the DJs too I get it like I understand there's a lot that goes with it I really do but at the same time like this one guy tried to tell me well, I'm going to give you last year's package deal, but, you know, just to let you know, yeah, I'm going up on pricing. Why? Why? Why does it – I want to know – I mean, literally, I mean, because you, you do a lot with, you know, media and stuff like that. Why does it cost $1,500 to do a wedding? All right, so if you're if you're a professional DJ – and you're actually paying taxes and all that stuff. Number one, you have to pay taxes on everything you earn. Number two, uh, you have to pay. Um, I can't remember the name of the organization, but you have to pay an organization fee so that you th so that you have the right to get paid to play other people's money. Uh, um, other people's music. Songs. Sorry, other yeah. people's music. So you have to pay for that license. Then you have to pay for taxes and all that stuff. And then. You know, once you get started as a DJ, your overhead really isn't that much except for repairs and replacements, yeah. which don't come very often. But also, you you have to kind of keep with the times. Like when my dad and I started, it was CDs and a mixing board with faders where we could go back and forth, and that was that was how you did your parties or whatever. Then, you know, you got you got to where people were having the parties and the weddings and stuff like that, where they wanted scratching and all that stuff. So you had to go out and get, um, uh, 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 a turntable type deal. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, 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 it's not <clears throat> on the surface. It doesn't seem like that much because once you get going, you can go with what you have for a while, but the equipment is not cheap whatsoever. Well, I'll tell you this. So 
I am all for not having a DJ. The only reason why we are going with a DJ is because we have to have outside the their the the minister and Rachel and I both have to have lavalier mics or lapel mics for what? Because we're the way the platform is where we'll be standing, we would have to scream or talk very loudly for people to be able to hear us. So where they'll have the pews, people sitting back, it, there's a good distance. And Rachel doesn't speak. I could do it, dude. I've been I've been to so many weddings where you can't hear what the bride and groom say. Well, so is that is that another thing from her parents or like? No, that's I mean that's, you guys are wanting that. That's what we want, so that way people can hear and. Because I've been to those weddings. Like, Paul, one of the guys that's going to be part of the, the groomsmen, when I went to his wedding, I was so far back, I couldn't hear a single thing he was saying. <laughs> we also showed up the day that his wife was walking down the aisle. We were literally pulling into the parking. All right, quick tangent. Last weekend, uh, Renee and I actually had a wedding that we had to go to, which was her one of her really good friends was getting married. And uh, they were getting married down in Mooresville, which is just a little over an hour from here. They were getting married at Queens Landing. And uh, we're up and we're going about our day. It was last Saturday. We're going about our day. And Renee keeps saying, we got to be there at 6. We got to be there at 6. We got to be there at 6. Okay. So we go on about our day. Uh, we leave the house about 4.20. So that would give us time to get down there. Or no, I'm sorry. Uh, about 4.45. So that would give us time, you know, if we happen to catch traffic or whatever, you know, we could make it through traffic and then, you know, we could fraternize for a little while when we get down there before we have to sit down and catch the wedding. So, uh, <laughs> funny enough, the bride and groom came to one of the last shows that my old band was playing and they hired us to play their wedding. Well, right after that, I think we played like one or two more shows after that and then we split up. Well... I hadn't thought anything about it. And then back in like January, Renee goes, Oh, you, you got to get a band together. They're getting married very soon. And so I, I spent a couple months trying to put things together and I finally get a group together <laughs> and I messaged both the bride and the groom because they were supposed to get married in his backyard, like on their land. Yeah. So I was like, when do we need to get there? And what time are we starting? I didn't hear anything back. So I messaged the groom. Hey, when do we need to get there and what time are we starting? Didn't hear anything back. Well, like the next day, the bride texts me, or yeah, she texts me back and she goes, don't hate me, but the plan is not the same. I got overruled. We're getting married at Queen's Landing now and we're going with a DJ. <clears throat> that's what he, uh, that's what his parents wanted to do and kind of everybody was in a general consensus on that. So we just kind of, that's what we're doing. And I was like, okay, no worries. I mean, I really didn't put that much effort into it. I mean, I put a I put a band together of guys that I've played with before, so we weren't having to learn any new music. We were just going to play, you know, stuff that we had played years ago and all yeah. that stuff. <clears throat> and they were into it. Well, anyway, so uh, we leave here about 4.45. We hit a little bit of traffic. We got down there legitimately at 5. It was like 5.57. Okay, no worries. We go in, we can't figure out where they're at, so we go to the desk. Hey, we're here for the wedding. Um, you know, where do we need to go? Oh, they're like, oh, you got to go upstairs. So the lady took us around to the elevator, and we go upstairs. <laughs> we walk in, and they're doing their first dance. <laughs> oh, 
Wow. And uh, about the time they get done with their first dance, they see us standing there by the door. And they run over and they're like, oh, my God, you showed up. Thank you so much. And I was like, we're assholes. Because <laughs> they were like, go get some pizza. Because they just, she's from New York. And so, like, her whole family was down here. And that they did pizza and salad. That was the that was the wedding meal. But, <laughs> but they were like, yeah, go, you showed up just in time for pizza. And I, I looked at both of them and I was like, I want you to know that my wife told me that we needed to be here at 6 o'clock, so it is not my fault <laughs> that we missed this shit. And when we got home that night, uh, we were looking at the invitation, and sure as shit, the invitation said 5 o'clock. Renee yeah. just read it wrong. <laughs> well, <clears throat> to be fair, I was on time. I was ready to go, but the one that I took, so she was friends of me and Paul. We were all worked together and whatnot. She's just she's gonna be late to her own funeral. She's just one of those people. Yeah, she's always late, and we had a bum rush from High Point all the way to like outskirts of Greensboro. And again, literally, I'm just trying to find a parking place. I look over to my left side, and I see Ashley starting to walk down the aisle, and I'm like, Sam, we are so fucking late right now. Honestly, kind of glad we were. Why? Because we actually had the best uh, view. So, we were up on, like, this little, like, balcony area overlooking so we could see everybody. But everybody's sitting there, sun beating down. We're in the shade. And I had the, uh, one of the, the caterers, like, the head guy, he was back behind me. Dude was dropping jokes the whole time, <laughs> cracking my ass up. I'm laughing, having a great time. I can't hear a single thing they're saying. Look beautiful. I told Paul when he got married, I said, Spectacular. Didn't hear a single thing. Didn't tell him that. I just said it was spectacular. Looked great. Uh, I think you were crying. I couldn't tell if you were crying. <laughs> Looked like you were crying. Maybe you're white, white stretched, uh, sweat out of your eyes. Don't know. Beautiful. But people are late to my wedding. Fuck it, dude. Shit happens. I don't care. If you make it, you make it. If you don't, you don't. Yeah. But we're actually going to have, so we're going to have um, barbecue for the reception. And then Dad's taking us all out. Oh yeah, so you get off pretty early on Fridays, right? Fridays your short days, generally. Yeah. Okay. Because um, I was actually thinking about that because we'd have to do rehearsals and <coughs> shit like that. Um, it's, it's normally just one rehearsal dinner. Yeah. But and then Dad's paying for the rehearsal mm -hmm. afterwards. If he, I swear to God, if he drops, yeah, I'm so glad you're not gay. I'm gonna be so mad. I'm going to record it so that I can put it on the podcast. <laughs> All those times Gideon said his hey, dad called him gay. Listen, listen, I'm, I may egg him on into it just so I can get it on video. <laughs> nah, but it's, uh, it's going to be a good time. But again, it's just, it was a lot of stress. And it's like, this day should not be stressful. Like, this should be a piece of cake. But even with the DJs, though, like, so back to that, like, two, of, two out of three people that she had as her recommendation the vendor, she goes, I would recommend these three. So I contacted all three. And two are in Greensboro. They were like, this one guy named Larry, and he was the last one I chose. And Rachel was like, why don't, we, why don't you want Larry? Because that's my dad's name. And I'm like, it has nothing to do with his name. I just I saved him for last, and now I know why. He was like, oh, oh, call me, call me. We need to talk about this. I was like, everybody else just sent me an email 
sent me the pricing, sent me what they included. Why do you need me to call you? And it was like, then he tried to get my name and, oh, how'd you guys meet? And like, try to do the stuff that you get, like when you book them. Like, I get it. Like, if, if I book you and you we decide to go with you, then you need to know this information. You don't need to know this information right now. Give me a pricing. That's it. I want to set you guys up with the dream package. What the fuck is the dream package? <laughs> and you try to explain. And then I was like, finally, I was like, just send me the email with the pricing. Well, I'm going to have to come up with pricing. Okay. $1,500 for it. And I'm like, every, but no, no, no. Get this, though. So the first guy I reached out to was like a local in that area. 850 he does the exact same thing as the other two. Exact same thing mm-hmm. for eight fifty. And I told Rachel that. And she goes, well, let's just see other options, whatever. You know, and I told her, I was like, look, you're going to have these assholes because that's what how they get you. They want you to call them so they can talk to you and they can try to talk you into spending that much because it's all about experience. It's all about making sure your guests are all entertained. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck about my guests. If they're entertained, they're entertained. If they're not, <coughs> entertain yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm not I'm hiring you to fucking entertain the guests. I'm hiring you to play fucking music. <coughs> and that's it. No, you you are. I mean, you are hiring them to entertain the guests. Uh, to an extent. No, I mean, almost wholly. I mean, the the... The only thing that really coincides with you is like if there's something that you want them to play or there's stuff that you don't want them to play. And then apart from that, it's first dance, father, uh, father, daughter, mother, son. Those as as far as anything else goes, generally a wedding DJ is almost explicitly for the guests. Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, it's I uh, it almost sucks that you have to pay for it because it, it literally is for your guests. But yeah. Well, I, I even told him, I said, look, I mean, damn, we got some breeze, high winds in this <laughs> bitch. Um, it's I, been I, very I windy much, here. I told Rachel, I said, look, you know, Dalton, I said, we're, we're keeping, because she even thought about Erica. I was like, no, I was like, if you're telling Dalton he needs to, Erica doesn't need to be part of nothing. Keep the bride and grooms doing exactly what they're supposed to You can always to call doing. my dad. And I even said that. I said, you know, even if it's not Dalton, we could use his dad, you know, and even if it's 600 bucks, whatever. I mean, it's still cheaper, but, again, it's just right now we're still going to figure that out. So it's either – it's a toss-up right now. It's either I'm going to convince her and we'll go hire your dad or we're going to go with the first guy I reached out to, which, I mean, the dude didn't try to sell me nothing. And that's what irritates me because I'm a salesman. So when I get another salesperson trying to sell me, and I'm like, dude, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. Yeah, but it's it's like car sales, man. A car salesman never plans to run into another car salesman. Right. You know? Like when, when you're selling cars, you never expect a, a car salesman to come to you to buy a car. Generally, they'll just go and buy from their own lot or work something out that way. So it's it's not something that you necessarily expect or, or or whatever, but that 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 was one thing that my dad and I and my dad still to this day. I mean, he's not going to promise you anything. He's going to send you he's going to send you a contract. 
contract is used very, very loosely. It's literally just a sheet of paper that says, I know. They sent me contract. I want this stuff played. I don't want this stuff played. First dance, mother, son, father, daughter, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> what, what you may want announced or whatever. And then if you want wedding games or if you don't want wedding games, that's it. And then, you know, he'll let you know, hey, I may be at the rehearsal. I may not be able to make it. But we can get together at some other point in time and talk about what you want and all that stuff. So he's he's straightforward. When I talk to people about it, I'm straightforward. I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to give you something that I can't. I'm not going to try to upsell you. I have one price and one price only. That's it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that... The, well, the 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 thing about it is is like DJs and and even <clears throat> even like photographers and videographers and all that stuff and venues they know that that's the one time that they can upcharge you and you can't really say anything about it because it's your biggest the, basically the biggest day of your life yeah. you know and so they're they're um, it's pretty ingenious because they're tapping into a market where people generally don't say no yeah. you know I mean so. <clears throat> if if I have my way, again, it, it's a toss up. Right now, it's just who's who's gonna be the most reliable. Who's gonna be the one that's got everything we need? If we went with, yeah, you know, if we were to you know speak with your dad, would he be able to get the mics that we would need? Even if it's not even a lapel mic, like you know, like these. Even if it's like these, to where? Oh yeah. He can have a stereo set yeah, up out 100%. there. Okay. Well, then. Worst we'll, case scenario, I can bring that shit and set it up, and you don't have to worry about the DJ doing that. And I don't have to do anything for that. Okay. I literally just set it up, put a mic on you, and you go to town. Yeah. That's it. So, I mean. Well, I just, again, if it wasn't for that, because I would like, because <clears throat> she just, you know, Rachel, she speaks very yeah. quietly, and she's like a chipmunk. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. She just, I mean, we would need a mic out there for, especially with how wide open it is, you would need something. Now, I understand if we were in like a little area to where there's surroundings that kind of vibrate yeah, yeah. the yeah. voice backs and stuff, but it's it's wide ass open. And so we would definitely need it. I would be fine because I could yell. <laughs> um, I do! I'm still questioning if I'm going to say that. <laughs> Dude, we've been at it. I almost. Listen, man, if if I can give you any advice that you, I would hope, would take serious, don't let this shit drive a wedge in between you because, number one, you're both stressed out because you're you're taking a leap that you've never taken. Number two, you're both having to deal with your families in a capacity, well, her family, in a capacity, <laughs> <Her family. Let's, laughs> in let's a capacity that you've never really dealt with them before. So I mean it's it's a lose lose on both ends. Well, it's cool because it's like me and David. We can How much of that you got? Oh, I've got a full can. Let me let me steal one from you. But uh, it's the the whole the the crazy thing about it is, man, is is you put so much stress into planning it. You're gonna stress like fuck the day of. Well, you may not because you're gonna have guns. She's gonna stress the fuck oh, out of it the day good. of. Literally, as soon as you say I do, and the preacher says I now pronounce you man and wife, you may kiss the bride, whatever, or 
you guys may be going by he, she, them, they, them, they. Oh, we're not using there. pronouns at our <laughs> I now pronounce you them. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's all gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. it's all gone and 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 the the best part about it is you know you're literally going to look at Rachel and be like why the fuck did we stress out so much this was so, literally well, the most easy going fucking Rachel thing we've and I ever are done actually now start to have fun with this so move your mic up we um obviously the first concert Rachel and I went to was Eric Church yeah. I'm a huge Eric Church fan one of the songs we actually thought about doing was she was like hey <clears throat> what do you think about getting some Ray-Bans? And we play um, Through My Ray-Bans as our dance song. I was like, you do realize that's the song he was singing about whenever the mass shooting happened. Mm, yeah. I was like, that's not really it. I was like, I can kind of see it. It was some of the words. Like, I can understand, like, looking looking at you through my Ray-Bans, like, if you can only see what I can see. You know, but he, that's him actually looking out into the crowd you know, prior or after the fact of, like, this big mass shooting and also, like, some people wanted to refer to it as, like, COVID, you know, him trying to get back and look in front of the people, you know, being back on stage, all that stuff. And I was like, but we can do it if you want. But it's like now she's singing to me, like, hey, how about, like, any man of mine? (laughs) 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 I'm like... Oh, my God. (laughs) I was like, um... I don't know if that's really a, a good... And she's trying to do, like, this old boy, like, from Hardy. And it's like, these songs are, like, very up-tempo, upbeat. And I was like, this is not, like, a slow dance type song. She goes, I don't want slow dance. Like, I want it to be, like, funny. And it's like, that's why, like, she's perfect. Because we can't do serious things. I would suggest that you take the first dance serious and then maybe at least the first part of it. And then, like, you can work it out with your DJ to where you guys start slow dancing, right? And then in the in the middle of the song, he just cuts it and, like, goes into sexy and I, I know it or something well, like that. And you get everybody on there. I yesterday. I was like, what if we were to do, like, a start off as a slow song and then we cut it and then we, fl- we go into Accidentally In Love, the song from Shrek. You know that song? I'm a believer. No, the Accidentally In Love. Ugh. That song? Hey, baby, tell me what's the problem. Hey, listen, I'm, <laughs> I'm legitimately gagging at the smell of this wintergreen. I'll get straight for you next time. No, 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 you're good. Normally I have mint. Dude, I don't but... like to be straight for you. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I mean, again, we're I, – I pretty much literally, when I, whenever I called them both and told them, I said, look, no more wedding stuff for, like, three months. I was like, we're, we're, we're ahead of the schedule. We've got our venue booked. I was like, let's just take a break, cool the heads. I mean, you're also a year out. Yeah. So I told her, I said, there's just no more wedding talk for now. So hopefully we're doing that. We, uh, dude, have you, when's the last time you've been to the zoo? Uh, last year. So we went on Friday. Bad. You probably had a better time than I did. No. I bet we, they still had mask mandates when we, we went. We stayed in. We stayed an hour. And then left. We didn't even make it through. We started in Africa. Because <coughs> for people who don't know, so the North Carolina Zoo has two sections. You got Africa. You got North America. It took us 30 minutes 
we we wait like we literally were dead stop in the parking. They had us parking on the sides of the road, not even in like a parking place. And it took us about thirty minutes to get parked. We walk up there, and I told her before we left, she was wearing shoes. I said, you're going to be miserable. She goes, no, they're great shoes. They're great shoes. I got socks on this time, so I won't get blisters. We had to leave because she had blisters on her feet, and she could not walk. And I was like, I'm not carrying you back to the car. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing it. So we, we went with my uh, we went with my in-laws and my um, – my mother and father-in-law and then my sister-in-law and her family. And uh, my, my mother and father, I'm nowhere near in my peak physical shape, as you can attest. You could have fooled me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, it still works. <laughs> but, you know, it's just this. Yeah. I'm in shape, just a, just round, okay? I can still make it work for me, though. But anyway. Uh, my in-laws are the antithesis, the complete antithesis of in shape. So much so that my my father-in-law said that he now has back issues from walking. And he can't even walk all the way around Lowe's now without his back being in excruciating pain. Yeah. He decided to go to the zoo and walk. And uh, he doesn't like to be hot. I don't like to be hot, but I don't bitch about it as much as he does. Yeah. He doesn't like any inconvenience. And it was just a bitch fest. Just nothing but complaints the entire time we were there. Joe, and, I guess y'all went there time. That, yeah, that and on top of the fact that they still had mask mandates. Oh, so yeah. it was a fucking shit show. And then they had they had like a quarter of the they had like a quarter of the zoo shut down. We couldn't even go to uh one of the they had some of the exhibits shut down, but even even the the animals we tried to see, every one of them were laying in the cave or laying in far back, and it's like you can't see anything. That's why so many people were literally showing up and leaving right after because it was almost a waste of time. Only reason why I told her to go is because I just I needed to walk. Like I was like, all I do every day is I sit. Like I've been consistent for about a month and a half now, working out wise. But it's like, as far as like cardio and like walk around and moving, I was like, I don't move enough. I was like, I need to get out there. I need to enjoy the sunshine, walk around and enjoy it. There's so many people there. And so you're literally getting ran over by strollers. <laughs> yeah. And Rachel, I, dude, I had to hold her back. She was about to clock this guy. It was an Indian fella where. We're Dot so- or feathers. Huh? Dot or feathers. None. It was a guy. Yeah, dot or feathers. You said Indian guy. Dot or feathers. Oh, dot. Okay. Oh yeah, I figured. Yeah, not well. Native American, and then you just said Indian either way. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's and, be honest. Anytime someone says Indian, I to me I think Indian. Like I, I think Native American, but I also forget dot. Wasn't it you that said fag on the podcast when we recorded with Na- with uh, Nick? I I've said fag. <laughs> I said I've said a lot of things. <laughs> I've called a lot of women. Guns. And you can tell me that I'm saying the wrong <laughs> shit. Um, well, we're up there at the grill this section, and this dude, so there's a little black kid who's standing right in front of us, 
this Indian dude just rams the back of his heel. Ram, dude looks around him and then walks off. I was like, if that was me, I would have decked him. He almost hit Rachel. But then there was also some young females, 12, maybe a little bit younger, who were just running. And Rachel was like, finally, because they kept doing it. They would run up. They, we'd walk past them. We'd pass them again. Then they'd run up again. Rachel was like, if you don't fucking stop it, she goes, I'm going to fucking hit you. I'm going to trip you. I'm like, stop. Calm down. I was like, oh, you should have let her go. You might have been turned on about it. <laughs> oh man so you've been you've been doing nothing but stressing in this time off huh uh yeah so oh speaking of being in shape before we move on real quick so uh you know we we moved to lexington last year and um sports are very big in lexington i'm sure you know that i mean you've been you've been in davidson county pr- practically your whole life uh so when I knew that I wasn't going to have a chance to coach my daughter anymore because she was going into middle school and they've, you know, those are hired positions, middle school, high school, all that stuff. Those are hired, hired positions. So I knew I wasn't going to have a chance to coach my daughter again, really. Um, but my son is, is going into a second year of T-ball. I didn't have a chance to apply to be a coach last year because the season had started when we moved out here. They just kind of let him join the uh, league. Well, so I put my name in. And uh, they ask on the thing, do you want to be a head coach or an assistant coach? Well, I said I would like to be a a head coach, but I understand that I'm new, so I would take whatever position I could get. Well, I didn't get a call back. So the same coach that had JB last season calls me, and he says, hey, man, I drafted drafted JB again. And we had talked about it before because he wanted JB again. He's one of the only kids on the team that can catch. He's got a pretty consistent bat. And so um, he said – <clears throat> he had made the comment to me before because they were playing on um, opposite basketball teams, but their basketball teams practiced at the same time yeah. in the same place. So we would have conversations during this, and I had told him before that I wanted to get into coaching. And he said that, you know, if I wasn't able to get a, a head coaching spot, that I, I was more than welcome to come and assist him. And I said, okay. And uh, – <laughs> He uh, he reached out and he was like, "Hey man, I drafted JB again. You know he's gonna be on my team." He said, "And uh, and and what I said still stands. You're more than welcome to come and 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 be one of my assistant coaches." And I was like, "All right, cool." And then he goes, he goes, "The only bad thing is, is you know I've got the same guys that I had last year coaching with me. So you're more than welcome to be on the field during practice, but during the games, you're 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 gonna have to sit in the stands with the other parents." And I was like, "That's well. not that's not coaching." That's I was like, "Man, fuck that!" So I, I I've I've kind of stayed away from it. I've go, I've gone out and like helped them in the field a couple times, but for the most part, I've kind of stayed away from it. Well, last week, uh, he reached out, and um, the guy that normally coaches third base for him, his son was sick, and so. <clears throat> him and his son weren't going to make it to the game. So he reached out to me and one of the other parents, and he was like, hey, man, um, I need possibly both of you guys, but I definitely need one of you guys to coach third. And then, you know, the other one would be, like, out in the field with the kids or whatever. And I was like, cool, man, yeah, I'll I'll do whatever you want me to do. I told the other guy, I was like, man, just let me know what you want to do, and I'll do the other one unless you want to do both or whatever. And – we kind of made a couple jokes back and forth, and and we showed up. Well, the guy that normally plays catcher for him, because in T ball they don't. It's modified T ball, so they get they get three coach pitches, yeah. and then two swings <laughs> off of a tee. 
or two strikes off of a tee. So if they miss the ball or knock the ball off and it doesn't go in play, then that's a strike or whatever. Well, so the guy that normally plays catcher, he uh, – <laughs> I, I had brought my glove down there and I was just tossing with JB before the game. And uh, he goes, hey, man, is – is that your, by this time, by the time that he got down there, we were done, and I just had my glove on my head. And he goes, "Is that your glove?" I said, "Yeah." He said, uh, "He said, man, I, I left my house and I completely forgot my glove." And I was like, "Well, I mean, you're more than welcome to use this one if you need to." He goes, "I'm left-handed." Well, he's the only lefty out there. There's no other left-handed person out there yeah. except for Daniel and he, the head coach, and he pitches, so he needed his glove. So Daniel looked at me and he goes, well, man, it looks like you might be behind the plate tonight. And I was like, all right, cool. So I got the chance to go behind the plate, and it was it was fun, man. I, like I I got to coach these kids on how to hit and all that stuff because yeah. Daniel really doesn't do that while he's pitching. You know, he'll tell them to watch the ball and stuff like that, but he doesn't actually go through the mechanics. And the guy that's normally behind the plate, I don't think he really knows that much about baseball. So, really, he's more of like a motivational kind of guy, not an actual teaching kind of guy. So, I actually got to be with the kids and tell them, you know, hey, watch the ball until it comes in. Don't drop your hands. Get your elbow up. You know, wait for it to come. Let it come to you. When you think you need to swing, wait a second, then swing, so on and so forth, stuff like that. But, dude, I was up and down from from, from a crouch to a stand all night. I could not walk for the next two days. Oh, yeah. My leg, listen, I run playing softball. I, you know, I have a very physical job at work. I'm up and down with cases and all that stuff. So working out is not out of the realm for me. And obviously this is audio only right now. And I said working out with quotations. (laughs) So it's not new. And I do a lot of shit with my legs, but it's been so long since I've done squats or had to crouch down for anything that, like, it legitimately took me out yeah. for, like, at least two days after that. So, I'm glad you actually brought that up because I was actually thinking about this, and I didn't even talk to Rachel about this. But, so, Saturday, we go to Charlotte. I wanted to do something, you know, fun. I was like, just get away, just do something, you know, relaxing. So, there's a new place in Charlotte called the Puttery to where it's a putt-putt mm. place inside. yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's also like food, beverage, all that stuff. And it's twenty one and over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Renee and I looked at that not not too long ago. Don't go because it is directly inside of Charlotte. You have to find a place to park on the streets, and we literally drove around two, three blocks, could not find. So is it like close to Tryon or something? Yeah, hmm. yeah. I mean, it literally close to downtown. I mean, yeah. it is downtown uh, Charlotte, but it's it's on the like say. Panther Stadium is, you know, right here. It's kind of on the backside uh, of the Panther Stadium. We went there, couldn't find nothing. So I said, screw it. Let's just go to my favorite place, Boardwalk Billy's, which is up near UNCC. Great food. Nothing there that I've not had that just everything there tastes great. Well, I was watching college softball, and I started thinking, I was like, you know, I would definitely, I would love a son, but if I had a daughter – like there's something about college softball. I just I love it. I can watch college softball. Oh yeah. Rachel said it. It's like, <laughs> just like watching the girls. I was like, no, it's not. Oh I mean, yeah. Yes. But no. <laughs> you just gotta make sure that no freshmen are on the field. Nah, fuck it. <laughs> Dude, there's God. They're so hot, and this is bad because I'm trying to talk about like if we have a daughter, 
but I, it's just something about the game. I don't know. It just it feels different. I don't know if it's because you just um, college softball. Yeah, yeah. Just softball in general, like like even if it's like high school, or whatever. Like there's just there's something about it to where I would love to coach my daughter through middle school, high school. It's a blast, dude. Like I would just I would love to be a part of that. You know, do travel ball teams. Yeah, I think girls have it's different than boys. Like boys is, a, is super competitive, and yeah, you might have some of like the friendship wise, but like for the females, like they're all friends. Yeah, it's but like, it's not it's not any different, especially when you get into travel ball. If anything, it's worse because you're dealing with hormones and and you know the bodily changes and all that stuff when puberty know, hits and all that. Like if I, if I had a daughter, <clears throat> like I just I hope she wants to play softball because I would love to be that dad to just kind of be a part of that and help out with the travel ball teams and all that stuff. And I mean, if I have a son, we still do the same. I like, will tell you though, I've been a part of baseball for so long. As much complaining as you did about the slow pitch softball team, it's tenfold. When it comes to being a coach of a of a fast pitch team, but let me ask you this though: <clears throat> What do you th- obviously baseball and softball are two completely different sports? Mm-mm. Well, I mean, the only thing different is the pitch. So the pitch is rise, and the, I no, actually saw people did false. a little debate on it, saying like baseball is so much harder. But you watch videos. The, pit, of the pitch softball. doesn't rise. There's never a ball that goes up. What they call a rise ball looks like it goes up because of the spin of the ball. But the ball is actually on a flat plane the entire time. Softball. A softball pitch is a lot harder to hit than a baseball pitch because when they're pitching that close, a 75 mile an hour softball pitch is the equivalent to a, like an like a 110 mile an hour fat, uh, baseball pitch. So number one, you have to you've got to learn to read the arm slot. It's the same as baseball. You remember when you were learning how to hit off of kids, right? You had to learn to watch the ball from the release. Well, as a baseball player, you're so used to a ball coming from the top that you're not ready to look for a ball coming from the bottom. Yeah. When it comes to softball, so it's a lot harder to hit a softball pitch for sure. That's I mean that's the one thing that I. You know, when I saw this little debate, you know, what's what's harder to hit, a baseball or softball? I started thinking, I was like, honestly, baseball or softball be a lot harder to hit. You know, obviously, if it's underhanded, slow pitch, yeah, piece of cake. But when it's coming at you, especially with that short of a distance, yeah, they humming in there. Well, and that was why I can hit a softball pitch, but I can't place it. Like when I played baseball. If I wanted to go backside, I could push a ball backside. If I wanted to pull, I could pull. In salt, like there was a uh, there they they put together like a co-ed league out in Walkertown when when I was still coaching my daughter and we were living out that way, and it was just the parents yeah. of the kids and uh, one of the one of the it was actually the aunt of one of the girls that was playing. She was a fast pitch a fast pitch pitcher. She wanted to pitch fast pitch. Well, the league director told her, go for it. And uh, I asked her politely to not fast pitch to me because I have no idea where that ball is going. Yeah. I can hit it. I have no idea where that ball is going. And the problem is, is the year before, we were playing in the parent-coach game 
which they they just take all the parents and the coaches and they mix them up and they put two teams on the field and you go and 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 you play ball. Her her boyfriend's brother, which was the dad of one of the girls playing, um he was on my team and he was standing on third base and I ripped one down the third base line and nailed him in the hip. And he looked at her and he was like, I've been hit by one of his balls. Like you really don't want to take one back. And I told I I told her straight up I was like I'm not scared to hit it. I know I can hit it, but I don't know where it's going. So if it comes back at you, I'm going to feel like shit. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's uh, once you learn it, it's kind of it's it's kind of the same. It's I just it's it. just difficult to get used to. I just watching it, I just for some reason I was just thinking, man, yeah, if we have a daughter, yeah, I would love to be that dad that can help out with the college teams and or not college team, but like the travel teams, stuff like that. Like I, even baseball, I mean, yes, but I don't know something about softball. Like I just, I so, I enjoy watching. It. You know, even whenever um, during baseball time, like even even whenever I was playing baseball in high school, like I enjoyed whenever we were done. I'd walk down on, I'd watch our you know high school girls softball team play. I just yeah. I loved it. So. Like, throughout the baseball season, obviously, I like watching, uh, you know, Major League Baseball. Yeah. And then, uh, like, in the dead of the summer, I love watching the Little League World Series. Yeah. When it comes to College World Series time, I would rather watch the Girls College World Series than I would the boys. Yeah. Any day. And, and yeah, I mean, a lot of them are really good looking. But the but the game itself is, is a it's lot just, of fun to watch. It's fun. And that's why, I'm, and I, I mean, I was literally, I was glued to the TV just watching it, and I was like, man, this is great. And I'm just, I'm a college sport anyways, over professional, but just something about, like, watching, again, it's not, yes, they are very attractive, but at the same time, it's just like, something about it, I don't know, hard to explain, just something about it, I just, I was tuned into it, and I was like, this is great. Um. I didn't tell Rachel that. I think Rachel would be like, <laughs> "No, it's uh, but co- coaching is a blast, dude. Like I, I obviously I coached Autumn from the time that she first started until last year, and I loved it. I was scared. I, I, I didn't know that if I was going to be able to coach softball. I didn't know, you know, because in baseball, it's boys, and and obviously, like, I, I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way, but like. Obviously, coaches and parents and all that stuff are are a lot harder on boys than they are girls. Yeah. And so, I always figured that I was going to be a baseball coach, you know, if I had a son or whatever. It just so happened that um, I got a pre-made daughter (laughs) when Renee and I met. And so, uh, I just fell into coaching softball. And it was one of those things where, like, when I first started – I coached them as though they had been playing forever, and it was yeah. a lot of their first years. And I had to take a step back and be like, hey, man, you know, they're just learning. Yeah. Once I grasped that concept, then it became a whole lot easier. But, it, dude, it is a fucking blast. Like, I, I miss coaching so much. And another thing for me is, is you know, there's something about even boys take things harder than females do. And not to say that they don't 
Like you, if, if you're coaching a boy. You think they take they take things harder or they take harder things easier? They think they take things harder. I think. I feel like females like if, if they lose they're more coachable than boys. Okay. I see what you're saying. I guess is what I should say. After a loss, you got more like I, I I guess more so think about how I was back then. You know, after a loss, like, I would always think, you know, what did I do? How do I think? Blah, blah, blah. But I feel like females. Dude, I got to tell you, um, my so my daughter is playing um, basically our equivalent of rec ball. So she's playing league ball right now. But it's it's she's playing with a bunch of girls that have never played before. Yeah. And she's played basically her whole life. And, and she's struggling – with knowing that a lot of these girls have never played or have very limited time playing. So the, the errors are higher. The mistakes are higher. It's just a lot less organized, for lack of a better term. Yeah. So she takes that shit hard, dude. Like, like they won a game. Two weeks ago, they won a game. And she was pissed. Well, I don't understand why she can't, why she didn't make that throw to me, and I and I don't understand why the shortstop missed this ball and why the second baseman missed this ball. And I'm like, Autumn, calm down. It's her. It's literally her first year. Yeah. Like mistakes are gonna happen. I just think it's easy. And so this is me based off because I I've got one coach year experience, and this is whenever I coached YMCA basketball in High Point, and it was co-ed, so I had both boys and girls on the team, and I tell you that. There was two girls that were on the team. They listened to me more so than any of the boys ever did. When I tried to tell them, hey, try this, do this, they actually went out and they tried to do it during practice, and they started implementing it into the game times. You try to tell the boys, and that's the thing with boys is their dad is telling them something. Their dad is trying to, you know, teach them as well, and they listen to their dad. They won't listen to me. You run into that with girls too, but that's a precedent you have to set is, you know, when when you have like just your team meetings. Listen, I know your dad's going to be saying something or your mom's going to say something, but like in game time, my voice is the only one you listen to. Right. Period. It's like uh in the last season that I coached out there, we were in the last game of the year. They I, my team hadn't lost a game at all. And uh, we <coughs> we we found ourselves down in like the fifth inning or something like that. Yeah. And we had a runner on first, and we had a runner on third. And one of our best hitters was coming up, and the girl could stroke the ball. So I tell her, get in the box, see the ball, hit the ball, hit it as hard as you can. If if it turns into a double play, whatever, give me your best. Hit it the best that you can. Yeah. Meanwhile, the mom is in the stands, bunt, bunt, bunt. And I legit was like, no. I yelled it out loud, do not bunt. And her mom kind of looked at me, and she she sat down and she shut up. And then the little girl, the little girl looked at me, and I was like, do not bunt. She put a good hit on the ball, scored two runs. So, 
See, that's, you know, that's the issue that I had during the basketball season was is we had one kid, dude was phenomenal. I mean, he was scoring about 15, 20 points a game. But his dad realized that nobody else on the team was as good as his kid. Yeah. And his, I was telling him, I said, you've got to pass the ball. I said, because right now you're trying to be the hero. You're trying to be the one scoring all the baskets. And I was like, there's other people where they're sitting there wide open. They can make that shot too. And you're not giving them the opportunity. And you're listening to your dad from the stand saying, shoot the ball, shoot the ball. And that's what you're doing. You're not listening to me. You're listening to your dad. Yeah. And that's what irritated me compared to the two girls that had on the team. They, they wanted to see their daughters play. You know, they, they wanted to see them out there interacting and all that stuff. And when they scored a basket, they're the loudest people to cheer. And that's what I loved because they would sit there. They would listen to me during practice time. I'd tell them, I'd say, hey, do this, do that. They would do it. Meanwhile, I'll tell this kid, hey, I need you to do this. He doesn't listen to me. He listens to his dad. And I had to do the same thing you did. And I said, if you listen to your dad one more time and you don't listen to me, you're sitting the rest of the game. <clears throat> I don't care. Yeah. I was like, I don't need a hero on this team. I need a team player. I was like, if there's one thing I'm trying to coach you this year, is teamwork. Because teamwork goes beyond sports. It goes to your job. You know, you have to learn to be a teammate, and you have to do things to help the better of everybody else. It's yeah. not just you. It's everybody. Now, I if got you don't learn this now, you're going to struggle when it comes to – because that's me. I mean, I struggled being a team player because it was always me, 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 me. And I didn't know how to be a team player. I mean, I've, I've learned now how to be a team player. Mm. But it took me some time to learn, okay, maybe it's not just about me. So, in in the last two seasons of sports out here, you know, obviously I haven't been able to coach. And uh, I've I found myself being every parent that I hated as a coach. Yeah. I mean. It's yeah, just it's just an innate ability. Especially what, like, well, all right, so – I feel like every parent has an excuse as to why they do it, but I find I find myself doing it when the coach isn't coaching. So like when we were playing when when JB was playing basketball, like his coach was really uh JB was one of the better ball handlers and he can he can shoot from distance, but he's not accurate shooting wise yet. He's outside practicing every day. I mean, you've seen it. He'll be out in the he'll be out in the driveway just shooting baskets for hours. Well, it was always JB, you know, you you carry the ball down and if you can get open shoot or, you know, when you get down there if people come around you pass it. Just throw it one way or the other. So JB got in the habit of dribbling down and if if somebody was right on him, he would just throw the ball up in the air. And so Renee and I both got to where we were yelling at him not to do it, you know. Yeah. To look and make a good chess pass or make a good bounce pass or whatever, you know, and it's it's one of those things where, like, if if the coach, like, in those in those situations, like, the coach wasn't coaching. He would tell them what to do before they would take the ball down. They would get down there, and it would just be chaos. And he would just kind of stand over there. <clears throat> and it's one of those things where, like, as a coach, I know that you need to you need to be telling the kids, especially at that age, at six years old, you need to be telling the kids what to do because they don't know yet. You know, so let me ask you this. I mean, because you have both a son and a daughter to you when you're coaching them, 
Who's easier to coach, JB? Well, I haven't coached JB yet, but his attention span is that of a gnat. So it's rough when I try to work with him, you know, just with random stuff, like like trying to get him to watch the ball better when it comes to hitting. He will come to me and say, Daddy, can will you throw me some balls? I want to get better at hitting. Okay, sure. And I'll take him to the side, and, and you know, I'll throw him a couple balls. And then I realize quickly he's just dicking off. Yeah. I get frustrated because you come to me and tell me that you want to get better. But I don't think to myself, well, he's six, and he just wants to have a good time. Yeah. <clears throat> if you tell me – in my mind, if you tell me you want to get better, you're going to put forth the effort to get better. Where he's at right now in life, he doesn't. He just want, He wants quality time with daddy, yeah. and he just wants to have a good time. Whereas with Autumn – you know, basically, from the time that she started playing, she listened well, but she doesn't. T- she doesn't listen well to yelling, and I learned that quickly. Yeah. If you you don't necessarily have to, well, I I never had to tell her good job to get anything out of her, but I would have to be like, hey, you know, next time let's do this, or you know, next time make sure your butt's down, and your gloves on the ground. She handles criticism, though. Well, not necessarily criticism, but direction. So she doesn't want me saying, hey, you swung like a bitch. <laughs> you know, or hey, you know, why is your glove not dirty? You didn't get it low enough. She doesn't necessarily want that. Yeah. More so, hey, watch the ball, you know, watch it all the way in, drive it. Torque your hips, put that, plant that foot down, torque your hips, bring your hands through, right. stuff like that. Sink your butt, get your glove on the ground, stuff like that. She lo- she's she's really good with stuff like that. But if I yell at her, she can't handle that. Right. And so hopefully hopefully I'll be able to coach JB next year. Um and I can report back to you then. Yeah. But currently his attention span is so so short that I, I imagine coaching him would be a nightmare. Yeah. And and, and and rightfully so. I mean, I was the same. He literally is me. I also kind of feel so. like as as a man coaching girls, they they kind of grasp to you a little bit better. Whereas, well, I think I think the truth of the matter is is where girls are concerned, and it go, it goes back to a parenting philosophy is like before Renee and I got together she had no discipline whatsoever. Yeah. There was no structure, nothing. It was you know, we're living it we're living at grandma and papa's house. I can basically do and say whatever I want to cuz grandma and papa are spoiling me. I'm an only child. When I go to my dad's house, there's no rules cuz he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. You know, I can just do whatever the hell I want to and and nothing happens. And then when I came into the picture, it was like, all right, we got to have some kind of structure. Like if 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 you're if you're messing up, you know, we've got to correct that so that it doesn't get worse. I think that girls want that a lot more than boys, especially at a younger age, yeah. because girls thrive with structure. And you'll see that in marriage too. Is is like women for some reason women do so much better when they have things planned out and when they know what's going on, as opposed to. A lot of times guys can just fly by the seat of their pants. Like for me, yeah. I'm good with like, let's say you call me tomorrow and say, hey, man, I want to go to the softball field and hit some balls. Well, if I don't have anything to do, all right, cool. Renee would rather you tell her last week, 
hey, on Tuesday night at 5 o'clock, we're going to meet at the field and we're going to hit some balls. Mm-hmm. And I think little girls are the same way. They ju- they want structure. They want discipline. They want They want somebody to be able to help them but also keep them in line. Yeah. So. I agree. I mean, that's I mean that's kind of where I was getting to, and I think you just kind of hit it on the nail. It just I don't know. And well, I, I think I think boys to a certain extent want that too. But also, there's speaking as a man to another man. Thanks for the respect. We have. <laughs> well, eh. Can't take it back. We have, <laughs> we, for some reason, we have this innate sense to go against authority for a yeah. good part of our life. You that know? was me. I mean, that's that's, that's and and it's not necessarily a fuck the popo kind of deal. It's just I don't want anybody telling me what to do. Yeah, you know, I can make decisions for. I'm a man. I can do whatever I want. I can make decisions for myself. You know, and 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 I think. Especially the way that we were raised was, you know, men are the providers, men are the protectors, men are the decision makers, so on and so forth, you know. And so while that may not be 100% the way that the world is today, that's still the way we were raised. That's still kind of the way that, you know, we think to an extent. And I think for and I think that's a natural thing, too, you know, because even even today's parents are saying, hey, you know, you're a little boy. You've got you've got a little more responsibilities. I remember growing up, my dad would always tell me, hey, listen, um, girls are going to mature a lot faster than you do. Yeah. Okay? Their bodies are going to change. Their minds are going to change. And you're still going to be thinking as a little boy. Don't let that get you in trouble. Yeah. You know? I think the fact that it takes boys so long to mature is what makes them a little more difficult in the beginning to coach. But I think if you catch them at the right time, especially if you if you if you have a boy that's been playing sports since he was able to play, they're a little easy, they're a little more easily to coach or they're a little more easy to coach as opposed to you're 12 and you're playing a sport for the first time. You've never had that kind of structure, obviously. Well, I also feel like with boys and I see this in my nephews too is they are so competitive. I'm not saying that girls are not competitive, but it's they want to do everything. Put your mouth in front of the mic. They want to do everything, like, to a T. Like, they want to be the best hitter, the best player, all this, all that. Nothing wrong with that. But when it comes to coaching them, it's hard to coach those people who they get down on themselves. And that's me. Like, whenever – I made mistakes. Like I was, I was always harder on myself. Coach would sit there try to teach me how to do things, and they're like, "We can't coach you." That transitioned into softball. When I first started, dude, I couldn't hit, I couldn't field, I couldn't do nothing correctly. And I would sit there, and I'd have people who played softball for years and years try to teach me, and they're like, "You're not coachable." Yeah, you're not. And it's because I always wanted to be the best player but I wasn't willing to listen to be the best player. And I finally had to put my pride to the side and be like, if I want to be better, I have to take criticism. I have to take critiquing. I have to take it all in. And I wasn't used to that. Yeah. Whereas I feel like with girls, yes, they still want to be competitive. Yes, they still want to be the best they can be. 
but they're more open compared to what boys are. It's, I, I think that to an extent is all is it, it, it all revolves around the way that you coach or the way that your kid is coached. Like, cause with me, my dad was always my coach, right? And he was always harder on me than he was the other kids. But like for me, all I ever wanted to do, I, I wanted to be the best. There's no doubt about that. But all I ever really cared about was making my dad proud. Yeah. Especially since he was on the field every time that I was on the field. You know what I mean? And so <clears throat> it got to the point to where like when I was pitching, if I was having a bad game, my dad knew not to come to the mound to send a different coach to the mound. Because if he came to the mound, I would unravel completely. So, but like I see a lot of coaches – and it's kind of like what what you said before is like this is setting you up for life. This is setting you up for a job. This is setting you up for for you know the way that you go about your everyday going forward, right? Yeah. I see a lot of coaches of boys and girls <clears throat> not not um not making their players take responsibility for their actions and not basically not keeping everything organized like I've seen so many coaches since we've been out here just let kids run around and like if they're not listening in practice they just kind of say oh well that's little Johnny you know he just doesn't listen instead of hey if you're not going to listen you're going to run yeah or if you're not going to listen I'm going to make you go over there and sit and watch these other boys play and have fun or you know push-ups or something you know some kind of discipline I see so many coaches that are trying to be the friend as opposed to the coach. The way that I coach, and 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 I I actually just got reached out to about the possibility of coaching um, softball in Rowan County for one of the high schools out there. And uh, you know, I would take to the I would take to them the same thing that I've always done with my daughter is like. There's two, there's two things that you need to know. Number one, I want you to have as much fun as you can. But number two, I want to keep you safe. If you're not paying attention on this field, at any point in time, you could get hurt. And I had parents come up to me <clears throat> and all but cuss me out in Walkertown. Why is my daughter playing in the outfield every game? Why does my daughter not get to come in and play third or play short? Yeah. Okay, well, listen here, Becky. I'll let little Susie come in and play shortstop. I'll let little Susie come in and play third base. But the minute that she gets hit by a ball, don't get pissed off at me because I I know that she's not paying attention enough to play those positions. Yeah. When I have to yell at her to go chase a ball that just got hit past her, that should tell you right there that she's not invested in this game. Yeah. And I see so many coaches just letting kids do whatever they want to do as opposed to coaching. I understand they're five, they're six, or whatever, but that's when it starts. You can't, you can't use that as an excuse. Oh, they're young, they're learning. Uh, okay, they're young and they're learning, so they need to learn discipline. They need to learn to listen. They need to learn that you know, negative negative actions come with negative consequences, right? There's recourse for every action. My dad always used to tell me, everything that you do affects somebody in some way. Yeah. Right, and so let's say that. Let's say that, that we're playing on a Friday night and you've had a shitty day at school, right? So you don't feel like putting your all into the game. But you're the start you're the starting shortstop. Most notable I, I mean, for all intents and purposes, you're the captain of the infield. Between you and the catcher, you have to make sure that the game stays 
on on the rails, right? So your starting shortstop comes out. He's had a bad day at school. He doesn't feel like playing as good. Well, your team loses a game because you made five errors and couldn't put a ball on the or couldn't put a bat on the ball because you just didn't give a shit. Everything you do affects somebody in some way. If you don't teach kids at a young age, they're never going to understand that. And if you use the excuse, oh, they're young, they're just learning, teach them. Teach them what they need to know. They need to know that they have to put their full effort in and they need to be paying attention at all times or something bad is going to happen. Yeah. You know? And that shit, that dude, that shit drives me crazy. Again, I was just thinking, and again, I don't have children, so I don't know if I'm going to have a boy, girl, whatever. I just think, for me, coaching-wise, I feel like I would enjoy it more. And again, I love baseball, but I feel like I would enjoy it more to be able to coach girls softball, teach my daughter softball. I mean, I I just, I feel like that would be the best thing for me. Um, And again, I think maybe it's just because I had – more of a better experience with the females on that basketball team to where, you know, even at 12, 13 years old, they're more intuitive than what the boys were. Boys was just like, not all of them, but it, it was like, boys also have a cockiness to them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I don't need to listen to it. I know what I'm doing. You know, I'm making the baskets or, you know, I'm, I'm hitting the ball or I'm, you know, I'm making the tackles. Okay. Yeah. You can always improve. But it's like whenever, even whenever I start telling these females, you know, these girls how to do things and they're doing it, they're still willing to take advice. Whereas some of the boys are like, eh, no, just go do what I'm going to do. And I just, I don't know. Again, it's just, I was just thinking about the other day and I just felt like, man, I feel like they would be more, I want to say more easy coaching but they would listen more. And well, they would they would try to improve more so <laughs> than when you're trying to work with a with a boy who's sitting there and they're like, as you say, they're going to do what they're going to do when they get to a certain age. I did I did notice the other night with JB's team. Um, if you can show a little boy what he's doing wrong, and then show him how to correct it, it's a lot easier than just telling him, hey. That's not the right way to do it. Do it this way. The minute – so so uh, the head coach's kid has really fast hands, and he's got a really good natural swing. His hands are so fast that he's swinging out in front of the ball. So he's way His early. Time is off. Way early. So that's what I told him. I said, hey, listen to me, okay? Your swings are perfect. I can tell you're watching the ball because your bat is going right where the ball is at but you're swinging too early. So, number one, take a step up in the box. Number two, slow down. Let the ball get to you. When you think it's time to swing, take a second, then swing. And he nailed his dad twice. His dad's a pitcher. Nailed his dad twice. And he he came up to me after the game, and he was like, man, how did did you get him to swing like that? And I was like, just tell him to slow down, you know, just, you know. He has really fast hands, and he has a really natural swing, and he's got – you know, when he makes contact, he's he's hitting the ball well. You just got to be able to point out, you know, hey, man, you know, you're just a little too fast. You know, slow down, relax, let the ball travel. Once it gets there, then put a good swing on it, okay? 
And and he was like, oh, well, man, I've, I've tried that. And I was like, well, but I took the time to show him. The minute that he swung too early, I, I immediately was like, hey, listen, you saw how, how far out in front of that ball you were, didn't you? And he would look at me and say, yeah. Okay, so I pointed out what he did wrong. Yeah. And then I told him exactly what he needed to do to fix it, and you see the outcome. It was on the very next pitch but both times. My question to you is, is when you were playing, you know, travel ball, middle school baseball, high school, I understand high school coaches don't have the time to teach you fundamentals. But middle school-wise, <clears throat> did your coach ever break down and teach you fundamental baseball? Like if you were messing well, up, did I they mean, try to teach you how to do things correctly? Mm-hmm. Mine did not. So middle school, high school. So see that—that's where it comes down on the literally coach. Literally had, and it, it was just—it was all about talent. Whoever had the actual talent, outside of coaching, they played. Yeah. I will go ahead and admit, as a baseball player, I started, but I was not very good. I was quick. I could read a ball. I could catch. As far as hitting wise, I couldn't hit a baseball. I bunted every single time. And coach told me to do that. I couldn't get anybody to teach me how to properly hit a baseball. Well, and I think, especially where boys are concerned, because I see it, I, I see a lack of it in my daughter. But like, I think if you really have the true determination to be the best player that you can be, you're going to take the initiative on your own to figure out a way to do it. Like for me. Growing up when I was playing ball, um, you know, we always give that – that. well, I mean, you don't you don't know yet, but, like, I'm always giving that speech to my kids. Well, hey, listen, when I was growing up, we didn't have tablets. We didn't have the internet, all that stuff. We were outside until the street light came on. But the truth of the matter is, is, like, I legitimately was outside. There was a building, like a, like a commercial building right beside our house when I was growing up. And literally every day I would come home and I would take a baseball and a bat. I would toss the ball up to myself and I would hit it up against that building every time. And that building basically just became my fielder because the harder I hit it, the ball would come, would travel further back toward me. Yeah. And, I, you know, I just did that over and over and over again. And I decided that I wanted to learn, you know, exactly how to push it and exactly how to pull it and exactly how to send it right back up the middle. And I took the time on my own to do that. You know, and then when it came time to practice – you know, there was coaching there as well, but the initiative that I took for myself was helping me, you know, do the things that my coaches wanted me to do and stuff like that. And so I think a lot of it does come down to how good your coach is and what your coach is willing to do. But I think a lot of it is also in like self-initiative. Yeah. Like, cause if, if, if you don't have the initiative to learn and do things on your own, then really it doesn't matter what anybody tells you. You know, you're only going to take so much of that into context and into consideration when you're when you're deciding what to do, when and where. Yeah. So, and that's not a knock on you. I mean, I've I've seen that with other kids, like my daughter. My daughter is a hell of a softball player, but she has no desire to put in extra work. And and you know, last year she struggled because she was she was probably the best third baseman that they had on the team, but number one because she's lazy, and number two, because she was in seventh grade and not in eighth grade, she sat the bench the majority of the year. And she would come home and she would say, what do I need to do? Hey, put forth a little more effort in practice, you know? Go outside. Hey, listen, at any point in time, if you tell me you want me to go out and throw with you or you want me 
to go out and let you field balls or you want me to pitch to you or whatever, I'll gladly do it. You don't ever say that. And any time we bring it up to you, all you want to do is lay in your bed and play on your phone. So, you know, you can't really bitch about it too much when you're making that decision not to make yourself better, you know, to prove something to your coach. You know, so. I just – I just hope I don't have a hot daughter playing softball because I don't want to look at her the same way I look at the girls on the if, TV. No matter what your daughter looks like, if you look at her the same way you look at the girls on TV, you've got a big problem, <laughs> bud. <laughs> but yeah. I can promise you if she looks anything like you, you don't have to worry. She's going to be ugly as ass. I resent that. No, I, listen, man, parenting and coaching are, 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 are honestly one and the same, and it's it's one of the best experiences I, but, I, I've I ever mean, had my in thing life. Is, is like, i got to point out real quick before we go any further, I keep hearing myself wheeze, and it's really it. getting on my nerves. I don't hear it. Like, dude, my <laughs> my sinuses and allergies are so fucked up that like, I'm, I'm wheezing as I take breaths to talk. You're like the one from uh, the one from the short story. terrible, dude. Weezy. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, it's just funny because, again, the other day, like all all my life I always said, you know, I want to have a boy. I want him to play baseball. Now, honestly, I don't care. Like if I have a girl, I'd be just as content with it because I feel like I would enjoy softball just as much as I would baseball. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it would be – Everything I would need as, you know, doing with a son that I could do with a daughter and honestly kind of feel like I could probably coach females better than I could males. Honestly, I mean, at the end of that basketball season, like I almost, if I were to go back the next year, like I would have said, look, is there like a all-female girls team that I could coach? Because I would rather have done that. Yeah, but as a parent – if you have a boy, you only have one wiener to worry about. Right. So be careful what you wish for, pal. Right. <laughs> that sun is killing you, isn't it? Yeah. It's directly <laughs> in my eyes right now. Oh, man. I can feel it on my back. It's I, been cold as shit all day, and all of a sudden my back's on I, fire. I mean, I literally, if I try to look at you right now, it is directly in my eyes. Um, Let's see if I can help. Not good. Oh, shit. There we go. Wow, it's like oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh I, I don't know if that helps or not. Now I can't see you at all. Mm. It's kind of weird. Um. Anyways, right. <laughs> well, so we've kind of just been talking about random shit today. So that's what you get when we catch back up after three uh, weeks off. Yeah, catch up on old times. So. uh in the off time, you've been stressing and more more wedding stuff and all that. I've uh, I've just been trying to be a better husband and a better father. Well, that's a good thing. Neither one of them have worked out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you said it because you're a shitty friend. Mm. Why? Because I call you out on bullshit. No, you say bullshit. You speak bullshit. Oh, I speak the truth and you can't handle it. No, Uh, but... uh, But anyways, well, I know I said we wanted to do like a throwback, pick decades, all that shit, which I had that kind of planned, and then 
as like three weeks ago and well we'll shoot for we'll shoot for next week we can do that right. this coming sunday well i know it's been i know you said you didn't want to talk baseball baseball but uh as far as something <sighs> new we can talk about it well i'm just saying as far as like the new additions so <clears throat> some of the new things is you know catchers have the electronic devices that pitch comb yeah what do you think about that do you think that's good for the game do you think it's bad for the game uh, you, um, make a difference I like it, but I think I like it for the wrong reasons. It speeds the game up for sure. I don't give a shit about that. I Base, baseball has always been a long game, and I don't care. I will sit down for three, four hours and watch a baseball game. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't make a difference to me. Why I like it is because it takes out the possibility of any sign stealing. Well, that's now the game though. Now, well, I mean, if you're doing it right, yes, but. If you can if you can alleviate that, then I'm on board with but that. Who's to say someone doesn't pay some hacker to come in and try to? Well, I don't, I don't think it's as easy as that. Um, it, it it may be, but I mean that's a long shot. But like, I think my only concern about it is so it's the catcher, the pitcher, the shortstop, the second baseman, and the center fielder. Oh, the second. I knew shortstop, and I knew. Yeah. So catcher, yeah, catcher, pitcher, shortstop, second baseman, and center fielder. So you've got five people on the field with it on. Now, on one of the Yankees broadcasts uh, last week, they were they were uh, demonstrating it. And to be fair, the guy was holding it relatively close to the mic, but it was loud. So I'm wondering. Loud as in like batter could hear it that's what i'm wondering so i'm wondering if the batter can hear it or if the runner on second can hear it when the second baseman or shortstop is trying to keep them on base now i didn't understand are they doing like actual like it says fastball curveball slider you can program it to say whatever you want i would say if they want to keep it smart keep it by number like two one three and that'd be like a curveball inside you know, something like that to where they know. But I guess right. I- anyway, so, I mean, someone could hear it and they could still, I guess, understand. The, they were saying that they can program it to, to do whatever they want. So it can, they can program a voice. It can be anybody's voice. They can program it to say fastball, change up, curveball, slurve, slider, uh, you know, whatever. They can also do numbers. Yeah. They can do directions. They can do, you know, inside, outside, up, down, you know intentional walk you know what they can do all of that stuff and so really there's no limit to what they can do with that thing my like i said my only concern is it seemed relatively loud when they were demonstrating it last week and so i'm wondering if you're going to run into a situation where either the batter can hear it or the runner on second can hear it but i also noticed that like a lot of the pitchers especially in raucous crowds like when they were playing at yankee stadium last week um, there were several times where the Blue Jays pitchers could not hear it, so they just went back to regular really? signs. Yeah. Well, that was – I don't know because you, Darvish, was pitching Saturday night, I think. Saturday, Sunday. And they started off using the pitch comm, and eventually after like the second, third inning, he just went back to normal. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was – having issues with it or he just did not like it and rather just go back to normal, you know, 
I think pitchers are struggling. To, some a few pitchers are struggling to get used to it because they they only had it for like a week in spring training. Yeah, it's very new, and so everybody's trying to get used to it. But I also think that like I think the the crowd noise plays into it. Yeah, but also I'm sure it has bugs because it's brand new technology. Right. So I, I'm I'm sure there's still tr- stuff that they're trying to fix with it. Honestly, I just I like the whole normal pitch signaling and you know I feel like it's just there's too much change to well, the game to where now I feel like it's all electronic it's all about spitting up the process and I don't feel like it's any longer than any other sport the well it is it's been proven to be longer than all other sports but it's 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 not that much longer than a than an NFL football game it's so, longer if it goes to extra innings. But, no, a regular nine-inning game is a little bit longer than a football game. Well, But, I mean, but the other thing you have to think about there is a football game is constant action. Right. Whereas baseball is, you know, you're really waiting for somebody to hit the ball. So, I understand where people are complaining about that. The traditionalist in me wishes that they were still doing the signs. The realist in me understands why. Yeah. You know – when it comes down to a team being able to set up a camera in the outfield and zoom in on what your catcher's doing, and then from that point being able to relay exactly what pitch is coming in, that ruins regular signs. That right there in itself ruins regular signs. So I I like the aspect that it's taking that possibility away from the game. But I do think that you're – you are varying away from the tradition, um, and so true traditionalists and, and true um, baseball like fundamentalists hate it, and I I understand it. But at the same time, you know, you kind of have to accept and admit that the game is ever changing, and it it's been a long time since they've made made significant changes. So it, it's it's time for baseball to to kind of. To make some changes to make things a little different. I mean, because for the last, you know, I, let's say three years ago, you had the juiced balls. So you were getting more action. When a hitter could hit it, the ball was traveling way further. So so you were getting more action. Yeah. Last year, they deadened the ball, but they mixed in some juiced balls. So you didn't know what you were getting. You know, this runner on second bullshit, like <clears> – <throat> I would not have a problem with it if they would do it in the 12th inning. Let's say you have a game that goes extras, 10th and 11th played regular. If you can't figure it out after the 11th, do the ghost runner on on second in the 12th. I would say just 11th inning. Well, you get one one inning I, extra no, to play it normally. Well, no, that. because then because then you're going into the football thing. You know the you know the NFL just changed the overtime rule for football. Both teams get a possession now. So you're kind of getting into that. Because, like, do you have an extra inning to figure it out? Sure. But you know as well as anybody else that, like, some games, especially if you're in a true pitcher's duel, let's say you've got a, let's say you've got a Max Scherzer against Garrett, For- or Garrett Cole. You're in a true pitcher's duel. No. You've got nothing going on. So by the time you get into the bullpen, anything could change. And at at any point in time when you bring in a different bullpen arm, anything could change. Yeah. So that's why I say the 12th 
because I think you you give the you give the option for a new arm to come in, you give the option for another batter to be able to to see a pitch differently from that pitcher. Once you get into the twelfth inning, you're getting to the last man in the bullpen, possibly even having position players pitch. That's when I think you should bring in the the ghost runner because then you are kind of leveling the playing field. Yeah. You know. Here's what I think as far as pitch com is concerned. Whether I like it or not, here's where I stand on it. I think if one team does it, all teams should do it. I don't think there should be parts – some teams doing it, some teams don't. Because here's what I saw because I want to say it was either Cincinnati or it was Washington did that against the Braves. And there was a huge difference because, again, pitchers are sitting there getting it in. They're automatically taking that pitch, pitching. Where when you're the batter, you have that extra time to think about what's your, what are you going to do. That's you, coming to an end next year too. Uh, what? Uh, the batters, the batters taking stepping out of the box every pitch. That's going away next year. Uh, well, I'm just saying, as as a as a hitter, you're needing that extra time to think. You know, what's the game plan here? What pitch are you thinking about hitting and all that? Because when you go to regular signs, I mean those those hitters have it. But when it's the other team using the pitch comes, you literally ball thrown, thrown back. Within 10 seconds, boom, another pitch coming in. So it's progressively moving quickly for the teams that are using it, whereas well, for the teams that are not. So they're, they're going to implement a pitch clock next year too. So you're going to have that anyway. But, you know, I noticed with the Yankees, like, uh, like Nestor Cole uh, – Nestor Cole, Nestor um, Cortez – when he pitches, he changes things up. So one minute he may fast pitch you, and then the next minute he's going to take a few extra seconds, and then he's going to high leg kick, and then he's going to slide step, and then he's going to throw overhanded. Then he's going to come submarine. Is that the guy that does the weird rocking and delayed leg movement? Uh, I don't think he does any rocking, but yeah, he delays his leg every now and then. He's got the mustache, the yeah, Hispanic guy with the mustache. Yeah. yeah. So, but then. You get to Garrett Cole where he's got – he is fluid. He does the exact same thing every time. It does not matter how early your call comes in. He's taking the exact amount of time. He's doing everything exactly the same. So, that really depends on what kind of pitcher you have on the mound. I mean, because truthfully at any point in time, the batter can hold up his hand and take as much time as he wants to right now to dig his feet in and get set. So, I don't know. But let, but let me tell you – I'm, I'm going to go on a quick rant real quick about this ghost runner thing and why it pisses me off so much is we were told that it wasn't going to be in this season. And supposedly it only got implemented into the season because of spring training being delayed and, and subsequently the season being delayed. But then we're told that it's, it's only going to be during the regular season. You're not going to have the ghost runner in the playoffs whatsoever. Well, what happens if that ghost runner is exactly what cost a team that is deserving of being in the playoffs, a playoff spot. You know, you have a baseball game now where the bunt is basically completely null and void, but the minute that you put a ghost runner on second, automatically the game plan becomes bunt and uh, hit and run. Bunt to move the runner over and then, you know, put a ball in play so that he can get home. That that in itself could cost, you know, multiple teams that are – way better than any other team 
a chance to play in the playoffs simply because the home team executed the the bunt and blast or the bloop and blast, whatever, however you want to call it. So, but at the same time, I though, don't it makes it fair though because away team, they, well, but it doesn't because if you, if you think about it, right? So. If the away team goes out and they're playing the game the way that they've played the entire time, just with a man on second, right? So they're not worried about moving the runner over. They're not worried about all that stuff. They're just playing straight up like they have the entire game. And they don't score. And then the home team comes up. And they implement that, bunt the runner over, and then sacrifice to get him home. I mean, true. yeah, the, the away team could have done that when it was their chance, but also, like, there's no rebuttal there. It's 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 kind of horseshit. It's like playing defense in in cornhole. Like if you play cornhole with a bust, right, and you have a team that's at twenty and they need twenty one, they only need one point. So you basically just throw your bags to the side until they score that one point, and then you try to play defense against that. Yeah. You know, it is it within the rules? Hundred percent. Is it bullshit? Absolutely. I never liked the uh, – I mean, when they did that during the 2020 season, I hated it because Braves lost a ton of games due to runners being second, and they just couldn't push it, but the other team could. And, I mean, it's, it's fair. I, can't, I couldn't be mad because the other team was able to yeah, I mean, get it, the runs in where my team wasn't. I mean, again, they made it fair. Braves had the opportunity to do it. They couldn't do it. It is what it is. But at the same time – I just – I don't like it. And I think I don't like it because it affected my team from winning, whereas it could have been different had there not already I, been a runner on second base. I don't I, I don't give a shit based on the Yankees because the Yankees can't score with runners in scoring position anyway, so it doesn't yeah. fucking matter. I just don't like it because, because of what I just said, man. I mean, like you're you're taking the possibility of screwing people out of the playoffs – and then once the playoffs come around, you're not you're no longer going to do it. Like, no, if you're going to implement that rule, implement that rule across the board. Don't bullshit and say, oh, it goes away after so long. It's kind of like these expanded rosters, right? So for, so until May something, it's a 28-man roster as opposed to a 26-man roster. Mm-hmm. And then when that date hits, they go down to 26. And then when the playoff hits, they go back up to 28. Yeah. Well, why? Oh, you're saying there's a shorter ramp-up period. Uh, okay. So you're telling me that because we had a shorter ramp-up period, we need two more people in the dugout that aren't ready to play? No. And then you have teams that fuck it up like the Yankees that carry 16 fucking pitchers for no goddamn reason. (laughs) You know, it's it's As far as the the pitch com, again – if that's what they're going to do this year, I mean, I understand that right now they're they're testing it out, but I feel like they need to make it to where everybody has to do it or nobody does it. I I, I don't think you can do that, and I mean that that kind of goes back to the uniform rules. I mean, there's a, there's no rule on the uniforms. You've got guys wearing high legs and you've got guys wearing long pants. You know, if you can't make your team do that, then you can't you, you can't rightfully say that. You know, hey, Detroit's doing this, so you have to do it. Right. You know, I, I, it, it, it all goes back to I, I don't know. I don't think there's a way to get uniformity across the board at, in any aspect of the game. You know, guys, guys can wear different helmets when they're batting. 
Catchers can wear different helmets when they're catching. Players wear different pants, different undershirts, you know, so on and so forth. So, I mean, if you can't implement uniformity in those aspects, you can't really implement it in the whole pitch comp thing. Yeah. Well, there's two other things. Uh, and I've got pee. <laughs> I do too. So, how about this? So, the whole shifting. Going away next about? year. Going away next year. You talk about your feeling on it. I'll come back after I pee, talk about my thing. We'll go from there. So, what do you think about the uh, shift going away next year? I think that you're going to get back to more old school baseball. I think that, you know, you can't you can't take a hit away from a guy any longer because you're going to have uh, an extra an extra fielder on one specific side of the field. You know, and and I think with the outfield thing too, is like I noticed last week they were they were bumping a fourth outfielder to the outfield when Gallo and uh, Rizzo would come up to bat for the Yankees. Um, now does that go into game planning for sure? And is it within the rules and fair? Yeah, I guess to an extent, but also, like, I. I if 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 the only way that you can get a guy out is to put an extra fielder on one side of the field, then obviously you're showing that you don't have any faith in your in your infielders. So to me, it's kind of like if if you don't feel like your players can do it playing straight up, then why have those players on the field? You know, it's kind of like if. It, if if a if a lefty that straight pull comes up and the only way that you can get them out is by throwing an extra guy in the outfield, then you know really are you playing baseball or are you playing some kind of backyard bullshit? You know. Yeah. So one of the things that I was actually talking with my brothers yesterday about was you know with the shift they're gonna make it next year set up to where. Players have to sit there, and they have to be in their normal positions, but as soon as the ball is pitched, they're allowed to sprint to wherever they need to be. Now, when you look at left-handed batters, obviously most of the time they're going to pull it to the right side, and you usually take your third baseman, and you pull them over there into right field, usually put them you know, kind of shallow, mid-deep uh, for that you know, shot over the second baseman's head to where they're placed right there. And honestly, it's taken away from so many people. So the people that aren't able to be, you know, universal and hit wherever, you know, there's only a select few that can honestly do that. Freddie Freeman's been good about hitting opposite uh, compared to where the shift is. And Matt Olson is another player that's been able to hit, you know, opposed to where the shift is. Now, people like Joey Votto, uh, uh, Anthony Rizzo, you know, they just when you're when you're in the shift, they hit right to you. I mean, a lot of no Rizzo goes backside every now and then, but you don't see it too often. Uh, if he's got two strikes on him, he's going backside. Yeah. Well, I just know. You, well, he tries. He tries, but it doesn't always happen. I just know that I'm okay with it because these hitters. I mean, it is a game changer. So I was sitting there watching the Braves get, or the uh, Cardinals and uh, Milwaukee yesterday, and they were they were 
bases loaded. They were down one run in the top of the eighth inning. And I don't remember who it was. They came up and they hit a bullet shot that if they weren't in the shift, it would easily been a base hit, score a run or two. Could I mean, it's a game changer. There's two things that I'll say. And one to kind of combat what both – I mean, because it, it sounds like we agree. The first thing I'll say to kind of combat what both of us are saying is, you know, at, at, at if they're going to keep the – if they were going to keep the shift, then that's when you take the time to teach a batter how to go both ways. Yeah. Um, DJ LeMayhew is the best hitter I have ever seen that can put the ball wherever the fuck he wants to put the ball. And, you know, if if you teach <clears> – <throat> I think the biggest I, – I, I honestly think the biggest downfall is you have so many players, and, and I will venture to say 99% of the league coming in now are coming up to the plate with one thing in mind, and that's going yard. Very rarely anymore do you see a batter that comes up to hit that literally just wants to get on base. Yeah. And and honestly, the only person I can say that about is DJ LeMahieu. Now, every now and then you'll catch him in in internet bat, where you can tell he's he's trying to go, he's trying to hit the ball as far as he can. But nine times out of ten, he's just trying to get on base. And I think you know if if that was something that they wanted to keep in the game, you need to make sure that on every level you're trying to teach hitters to be able to place the ball. Yeah. Swing a little later. Throw your hands at it. Don't necessarily come all the way around. You know, s- stuff like that. Um, Now, the other thing, I, I forgot what the other thing I was going to say was. Um, oh, I to me, in all honesty, I think that if you want, if you want to let the, the shift stay in the game, uh, just don't do it when there's somebody on base. Well, it's kind of funny because too. that's 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 the biggest issue with the shift is it's it's an automatic double play every time. Yeah. If you have a runner on first or a runner on first and second, it's an automatic double play yep. every time, yeah. and that gets old. You know, and <clears throat> and then watching the Yankees play um, last week, I keep going back to the Yankees because those are the only games I watch. Um, there were set. There were several shots where several of our batters put good wood yeah. on a ball straight up the middle, but it's going nowhere because the shortstop is playing right there over over second yeah. base. Well, see, that's the thing though. That's you know, where it'll change to where it'll definitely make things challenging. But if they line up where they need to be, it could still benefit the defense to where even without the shift, they're still set where they need to be. But so, uh, based on next year, they have to sit in their normal positions, but as soon as that ball is thrown, say second baseman or shortstop wants to break to behind the plate or behind second base, by all means they can. But they have to wait until the pitch is released. It's kind of like, you know, base running. Yeah. But, uh, you can't you can't leave the base until, you know, the pitch is released and – in not. the majors? No, no, no. I'm just I'm talking about like oh. little kids. Yeah, who you weren't able to. Well, until the yeah, but if if you think about it, nine nine <clears throat> times out of ten, 
you know, when 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 you have a pitcher pitching nineties, that it's balls that balls out of his hand and in the catcher's mitt before you can even think about breaking. Yeah. Um, and then if 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 batters are smart, they'll wait and take a couple pitches and watch the second baseman or shortstop break. See what they do, and then put it where they're not. Which I mean, speaking you know. so, I'm a left-handed batter, and it always made me laugh whenever you know everybody would sit there and they would play. Behind second base, all the way over to first base, play out in the outfield. And it's like, you just left a humongous gap for me. And so, back to what you're saying, if a good hitter knows how to hit opposite, it benefits them. Yeah. So, obviously, you know, when it comes to baseball, baseball and softball are two different sports. I mean, I can't say what I can do, I could do a major league level. Because I definitely probably couldn't. And I'd be that person. You're talking slow pitch? Yeah. Oh, definitely yeah. hit it to the right side all the time. Softball, because it's so slow, you can literally step back and pop it the other way and piece of cake. But Well, if you have to step back to hit oppo and slow pitch, you're a slap dick anyway. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no, I you know, I I don't know, man. Like I there's a part of me that is a baseball purist, and there's a part of me that wants to see baseball make changes. And I think, you know, I think it's time that baseball makes some changes. I think I'm on board with the shit. I just think, I just think that the changes that Rob Manford is trying to make, it, it just, it makes no damn sense. It makes it no damn sense. Out of everything, the runners on on second starting off, the whole clock situation, batters stepping out, all that stuff, it it, it doesn't fucking bother me. The only thing that I'm on board with is I want to see what happens with the shift. Yeah, when once they get rid of it, it's going to open it up to where these hits that should be base hits, they're able to get it finally. And yeah, it could change actually, the outcome of the game. Yeah, you're actually going to have to have an elite second baseman or an, or an elite shortstop, you yeah. know, that has rent, like good range. Yeah. But I Cuz I feel I like, don't know, man. Like like I I I absolutely I can't get on board with the the runner on second. I can't. I like. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Even 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 when it benefits the Yankees, like I I I just I can't get on board with it, man. Because it's 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 just such bullshit. You know, you're taught you're taught your entire career. Hey, you got to work to get on base. You've got to work to make something happen. Yeah. And then and then you're watching major league games, and it's like, oh well, you know, if you happen to go just a little overtime, we're we're gonna make it really easy for you. So there's one thing that actually happened uh, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. So Kenley Jensen comes out to the mound. And obviously, they I guess there's somewhat of a time limit that pitchers coming in from the bullpen have to make it to the mound and get through their pitches and get ready for the next batter. Well, Kenley comes in, and he just – he kind of – he didn't really – he didn't jog, but he – like a fast-paced walk in yeah. a way. He threw three pitches. Umpire says that's it. Didn't even let the catcher throw it down to second base. Kenley's like, "What's going on?" Like, I didn't even get a chance to warm up. Like, you gotta understand. Like, I've got to warm up. That was a long walk. I've got to get into the game. I've got to get prepared. You're taking away my readiness. Umpire's like, "No. Like, we've we've got to go." Yeah. And starts screaming at him. Well. Brian Snicker comes in and he starts arguing for Kenley, telling him, like, you've got to give him time to get ready. You're not giving him enough time. And so, Kenley goes back. Ron Washington brings him back to the mound. 
tries to cool him down because he's heated. Catcher sets up, and they're trying to throw. Umpire stands in front of the plate and says, no, you're not pitching no more. That's it. We're done. And so that's one thing that I just – I hate that they're trying to do so much to – Who was the umpire? Angel Hernandez? No. Uh, God, he blew some terrible – and this is me because he did it with Atlanta at – like Austin Riley, he was up at the plate and two strikes literally almost right down the plate. Yeah. He called a ball, and I was like, I would have rung him up. Yeah. I would have rung him up. I was – this Angel Hernandez is terrible. Yeah. No, it wasn't Angel Hernandez. Don't know who he was. Um, but I just – I hate how they have to do the whole fast pace. Like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. You get this much time to do this, this much time to do that. And it's like – Well, I, Fans I, are there to see – I understand – People who watch, they want the game. They're there to see the big home runs. They're there to see the good defensive plays, all that stuff. But at the same time, well, they're 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 trying the to moment. shorten the game. But I think they'll notice that, like, if if they take away the bullshit, like the shift and and all that stuff, if they, if they take that away, the game is going to be a hell of a lot more productive. You're going to have more action. You're going to have more, you know, you're going to have more for your fans to get entangled with yeah you know as opposed to you know and, and at that point you don't necessarily have to slow or speed the game up because fans are still invested because they're actually seeing shit happen yeah. i mean think about it dude you know those 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 uh that year between mcguire and sosa you know those games weren't any shorter no. you know but people were there because they knew that they were going to see a shit ton of long balls get hit you know, and and I think if you not necessarily bring back the amount of home runs that were being hit just a few years ago, but if you bring, if you bring something that allows for more action in a game, it's gonna it's gonna bring more fans because they're gonna be more involved, they're gonna be more invested, they're gonna be willing to sit through more because they're actually seeing shit happen. They're not just sitting around for three hours watching a dude throw a ball to another dude, and you know guys gobble up balls in the infield and turn double plays all day. Like, is that an exciting play? Yeah, but once you've seen four in one game, you've you've had enough. Yeah. You know, it's like the triple play is majestic, but if I see you turn two or three in the in the same game, all right, let's let's do something different. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I what don't do you know. think about the uh players and the umpires getting mic'd up? Players are starting to get, which I don't necessarily care. I mean, it's. I think it's cool. I th- it's kind of cool because you get an inside scoop kind of from the player, like especially during game time. You get to learn a little bit. Yeah. Like, okay, during the situation, what are you going to do? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then umpires going in and announce, pretty much being like an NFL referee and telling everybody why they chose, why he's safe or why he's out and all that oh, stuff. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, you haven't seen it? Oh, yeah. All the uh, umpires are now mic'd up to where when they go to the – the, they don't even have the, the, the equipment now. They can, but people from New York look over the plays. Which I, I hate that, too. And they tell the umpires who are just sitting there listening for the call what the people from New York decided. Yeah. And then they go in with their mics you know, and they – just like a referee saying flag on the plate, why 15-yard penalty, yeah. you know, all that when the, stuff. When the NFL implemented that whole let's go to New York thing, like I, I immediately fucking hated it. If you as a league 
can't trust a man to review something and admit that he was wrong, then take reviews out of the game. Oh, see, it happened twice. Friday night and Saturday night, there's a play at second base to where bang, bang, play, and they overturned the calls against the Braves and called the runners safe. Now, watching it, clearly the runners were safe. But now you've had two consecutive nights of right. umpire. But but that's because they're going to New York. What I'm saying is if, if you as a league can't trust your officials to overturn a call that they got wrong on a bang-bang play like that, right? then just get rid of reviews altogether because that's bullshit. Yeah. Like, I should be able to trust that if you make a bad call, that you can admit that you made a bad call and overturn it by watching a video. I shouldn't have to wait for you to call New York and then New York to call back down and say, all right, man, you missed it by a step, but it's cool. You know, just tell them that it's overturned. It's only on the plays it's, that are challenged. It's fucking, no, I get that. but And it's the same in the NFL, but it's stupid. Yeah. Like, let, let a man watch the video on the side, and if he was wrong, he admits that he's wrong. If he doesn't, then he gets negative recourse, just like the players do if they fuck up. Yeah. See, that's the biggest issue, man. In the NFL, the NBA, and the MLB, and and probably every other sport too, but like, there there is no negative recourse for fucked up calls. Joe West fucked up so many games in his seventy year career, and he never once got held responsible for them. Think about all the all the blown calls that Ed Hockley had before he retired. He never got held responsible. Aaron Hernandez. I mean, all all of that shit, dude. And and it's like you can. Or you can find, yeah, Angel. <laughs> I, I knew what you meant. That's why. You you can you can take these players and find them for for fucking up, and 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 you can take these players and and you know immediately you're gonna dock yardage and 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 take shit away from them when they fuck up. But when an umpire or a referee screws up, it's just oh that's <laughs> that's Billy Ryder. That's what he's known yeah. for. He's known for not being a very good eye. But well, we're gonna keep what... him in the league and let him keep officiating games. And fucking shit up for other teams, you know, because that's that's the way sports go. That's what irritated me is because, I mean, when you watch the replay, clearly you can see he was safe. But the umpire made two direct calls saying out. And then Padres were like, nah, flag on the play. We want to challenge that. They go to the booth. They said, oh, he's clearly safe. And then they go, oh, call overturned. Okay, you've made two consecutive in the past two days, two consecutive missed calls. But yet, it doesn't matter. Like you're you're talking about time wasting. This is time wasting. You missed yeah. the call. Clearly, he was safe. You didn't see that he was clearly safe. You called him out because that's what you decided. And it's like, well, I, I mean, but on 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 stuff like that, it it may be bang bang plays, and you got to think about angle and all that stuff. That's what I'm saying. I don't mind review. I I don't mind the review, but I don't think that I it think what takes so long. Yeah, I think what takes so long is that they go to New York and they have to wait for them to watch the video from eighteen different angles and then come back with a with a judgment call. You should be able to have that umpire and the crew chief go to the sideline. The the umpire that made the call, take that umpire and take the crew chief. They go to the sideline. They watch the video. They make the call. Now that's what they used to do, and so they still—they never that. did that in baseball. They did that in the NFL. In baseball, it's always gone to New York. They used to have the screen there, yeah, but the call always came from New York. Yeah. And yeah. that and and that started review review came into the MLB after um, the NFL started making the call to New York, and so 
it just went hand in hand. And, and it just, it frustrates the fuck out of me, dude. Like, let's just, let's make the call. If you got it wrong, admit that you got it wrong, and let's move on. I shouldn't have to call seven different people to have them tell me that I made a call wrong. You know what I mean? And if you're not man enough to admit that you fucked up, then you don't need to be doing this. Well, the whole, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if people enjoy it or not. Honestly, when I hear it, it's just like, I already know. Like, you don't have to come on and announce to everybody why you chose to return the reasoning. Yeah. Like, at that point, it's like – I do like the players being back. I, I wish you would have cool. just would have had the correct call in the beginning and not have to do all this because, you know, again, I I don't like the the speediness of the game. I just want it to be played out. Just because I love baseball, I enjoy every aspect of it, every mm-hmm. moment of it. I mean, I don't care whether they speed it up or not. I understand why. Yeah. But and and that's why I say I I think when they get get away from the shift and they stop doing experiments with the balls, they'll understand that they don't need to speed the game up. They just need to make it to where there's a possibility for more action. As far as uh, players, I mean, that's – again, it's – I mean, it's kind of cool, but at the same time, it's just like – Players being mic'd up? Yeah. I like it, but – Well, it's like See, like in opening week when they did it with Kike, I could tell that he was getting frustrated. Like, he just wanted to play ball. That's – that was yesterday. Like, Ozzy, like, he was – for – Literally half the the inning that they were playing, he didn't speak because he was sitting there trying to actually play the game. But it was like, you know, the first week of baseball. That's got to be hard to do with an infielder, dude. Yeah, that's where I was talking to one of the guys I work with. I was like, it's much easier for people in the outfield to be able to do this rather than people in the infield. I know Charlie Blackman did it several times last year. Yeah. Uh, It's like Cody Bellinger did it. Bryce Harper's done it, which he got nominated from from Ozzy. So next Sunday, I guess it's only Sunday. Yeah. Sunday Sunday night. It's the Sunday night games. Yeah. Yeah. So, like the first week they did Joey Votto. Joey was hilarious for Cincinnati. But he's standing on first base. He was sitting there talking (laughs) about, he goes, dude, you know, you know, I kind of like, you know, they implemented the whole DH thing. By the same time, he goes, some of my, favorite players growing up watching were you know they played defense all throughout their career he goes i don't want to he goes to be honest i'm kind of going through a midlife crisis considering getting like gold teeth right now <laughs> <laughs> and it's like joey Votto is funny as well. he's funny as hell I and, like joey and then talking about like his tiktok and instagram like doing all this stuff so i even wise. dude i even like when he freaks out on the umpires i fucking love yeah. joey Votto, dude but it was funny because it was like the announcer was like hey Ozzy's at first base. Ask Ozzy about the gold tooth. He goes, nah, he's a young buck. He doesn't understand what going through midlife crisis is. <laughs> and then he finds like, yeah, screw it. Hey, Ozzy, what do you think? Should I get a gold tooth? He goes, do it, man. <laughs> and it's like, it's like that's funny. Like, that's yeah. humorous. People enjoy it, watching it. You know, obviously people at the, at the stadium, they can't hear it. Yeah. They don't know about it. So, it only benefits the people at home. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, oh God! And I think I think that's another way for them to try to get fans involved and invested in. And I like it. I I, I think I think you just have to choose the right character because like, I I think Kike is a fun dude. Like I've seen him have a lot of fun in all the years that he's been playing. But you could tell just in that night. Number one, it was cold in New York. But number two, like you could tell that he was invested in the game and he he just wanted to play. Like, he didn't necessarily want to be asked bullshit, bullshit questions about the rivalry and stuff like that. He just wanted to play the game. Yeah. 
you know, and and so I, I think if if you have if you have the right personalities, it could be great. Um, but if you don't, then it's just it's it's useless. Yeah, you know. And Ozzy's a good dude, but at the same time, you can tell like he was. No, but he's in the infield too, man. I mean, yeah. you're, you're well, literally tell, like, in the line of fire. He was he was definitely he was trying to communicate, but at, they asked him questions and literally dead silence because you can tell he's trying to focus because he's in live game experience like if, if something happens ball hits at him he can't be sitting there talking about you know the whole freddie acuna drama or the whole world series ring and all that stuff when is acuna supposed to be back uh so he starts his assignment in triple a tomorrow he's gonna be back first week and there's a beef between him and freddie no, it got blown up in – you didn't hear about this? Uh-uh. So, it got blew up in big proportions. So, when, when Acuna came up in 2018, he did a lot of the whole paint all over his face, all that stuff. Yeah. All Freddie says, hey, man, here we don't do that. We keep it classy. We keep it professional. And the whole thing was is, like, Acuna didn't like being told what he can and can't do, how he can look, how he can't look, all that stuff. He, he also said, probably doesn't like when people mispronounce his last name. Oh, uh, well, I'm probably. I said Acuna. It's Acuna. Okay. I I just got to do it to you every time you fuck Acuna. up. Acuna. Matata. Matata. Means <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Uh, but For so the rest of your days. He did a, a, a interview with this Hispanic reporter, and they literally took the story and they blew it way out of proportion because he said he didn't, he wasn't going to miss Freddie. They're like, oh, well, there's obviously there's tension. There was beef. There was all this, all that. He was like, I never once said that I didn't want or I didn't like Freddie. He said, I want to miss him because obviously he's not on the team. I have to worry about people on my team. Yeah, but you can still miss a dude, so I can see how that could be misconstrued. But it was also him just saying, like, literally you took the store and you blew it out of proportion. Like, this was 2018. This was just me. Didn't like how he was telling me, but he was like, I never have a problem. You can respect people that you're with and may not like them. Yeah. It's perfectly okay for if, if Akuna didn't like Freddie, that's okay. He at least still respected him as a teammate. They played yeah. together. See, I'm struggling to, to find some kind of balance like that with you because, like, I, I don't respect you and I really don't like you either. So, I mean, it's it's tough sometimes, man. I understand. This is a whole new, like, <laughs> I thought I had respect and I thought I had like, and now you're telling me I have nothing? It, you deleted Facebook, man. I can't, there's nothing that you, I can't like your posts anymore. I sent you text messages. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. what did I send you the other day? Have you ever farted <laughs> when you're having butt sex just to make sure that, <laughs> yeah. just, like, you know where you're at or something like that? Dude, I was, I was wasted that night. I guarantee you. The best things I think of is whenever I'm shit faced. You always talk about like, oh, you you don't you never have a good idea whenever you're shit faced, dude. I have great ideas whenever I'm shit faced. That's the only time I can think straight. You you say they're great. That shit was funny <laughs> as fuck. That's not an idea though. That's just a joke. Rachel was sitting beside me. She goes, "Why did you send that, Tim?" I was like, "Why not?" She goes, "Do you literally do that? Is this how you think?" Oh, I thought she was asking if you really farted when you were having anal sex with her. No, she that was the next question she asked. She goes, when are you watching anal sex? And then she starts going through my phone, and then she goes, 
you really do have porn sites on your phone. <laughs> I was like, how do you know? She goes, I went through your search history. I was like, what did you see? She said, butt cake. Fuck cake? Butt cake. Butt cake? Yeah, it's like a B-U-K-K-A-K-E. That's bukkake. Oh. <laughs> you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Never mind. B- Buck Dude, even when I laugh, I'm wheezing. God bless. <laughs> oh, good night. Dude, listen, we're getting delirious, and we're two hours and 16 minutes into this thing, so. Yeah. Hell yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> back to and We damn sure know you haven't made it this far. Anything else you want to tackle? No. All right, guys. Well, again, sorry for the delay. the The three week uh, the three week hiatus was completely unintended. Um, I know Gideon had a lot of things going on with his with his uh, wedding planning, and I think one weekend he was shit faced the entire weekend. And (laughs) yeah. And then this uh, this past weekend, I I completely forgot it was Easter weekend, so that one was on me. But. uh, Anyway, we're uh, we're definitely going to get back onto the the weekly schedule. We're going to start um, going on Sundays again. Um, so this coming Sunday, we're going to record. Um, so basically, you'll get two in one week um, since we did it today instead of yesterday. And then we're gonna, like I said, we're going to record again this coming Sunday. Um, so if you like what you've heard, if you don't like what you've heard, uh, please do as always. Uh, you know, like, share, subscribe. Tell your friends about us. Tell your family about us. Um, you know, give them that forewarning that we uh, we don't really give a damn what we say. So if you're easily offended or you don't like a lot of cussing, we're not the show for you. But uh, if you pronounce it butt cake and someone else pronounces <laughs> it cocky, whatever. Man. Exactly. Case in point. So uh, we got a little bit for everybody. But no, uh, please, uh, please like, rate, subscribe. You can find us on all your major podcast platforms. Um, and all that good stuff. Eventually we're going to get YouTube going. I, we're, we're so technologically disadvanced or unadvanced that we just don't fucking know what we're doing (laughs) where YouTube is concerned, but eventually we're going to get that figured out and we're going to be consistent with that as well. Um, but until Sunday, uh, I I, I guess, welcome back. Welcome back. Part two. (laughs) Part two. We're back. We're back. Again. Back again. All right, you got anything else, buddy? Nope. All right, guys, we'll see you all Sunday. Later. See you.